Now there's a sight! Rika! Oh! <laughs> I wasn't even sure your message was real. <laughs> Rika! I knew you'd show up. Across the galaxy four times looking for you. Five. But you're the one who found us. We missed you, cutie. We never stopped searching. But how did you escape? I had help. A long time ago in theaters far, far away, four nerds got swept up by one of the greatest pop culture waves in cinema history. Now, as adults with a lifetime of fandom under their belts, they get together to discuss the mythology, characters, and business of creating Star Wars. Turn up your headphones, dial back your sensibilities, and join the wretched hive of scum and villainy as we take the low road to resistance. This is episode 52 of season four of Force Insensitive, a Star Wars podcast. And this week we are continuing with our coverage of season three of The Bad Batch. And uh, we'll be talking all about episode four. Uh, the episode is a different approach. All I got to say is where have you been, Bad Batch, all this time? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, you know what? We're a little short. Actually, no, we're not so short anymore. We're tall, but uh, we should get set up for attack run because uh, I'm excited to dive into this episode. This is black and blue leader standing by. Rhino Falcon standing uh, by. Yeah. And then there's the green here. Just getting ready. <laughs> I know. I didn't expect you to be there. So that's why I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I did not expect to be here either. <laughs> and that other dude. I'm muted standing by. <laughs> Are you standing by while muted? I didn't mean to. So you're literally standing. I hope you're not standing over your iPad. I figure that uh, I've learned that like the clips and stuff come across like less choppy if I'm muted. So. Well, there you go. I'm muted, but, and now I'm not here. Now I'm here. Hey, everybody, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll have uh, probably a, a Wendy's loving fry dipping uh, frosty loving motherfucker coming soon. Hope he didn't go at peak hours. That's, you know what? You saw that. It's bullshit, right? What's that? The, the peak hours thing is bullshit. Oh, they're backpedaling on it. A big discussion up here, actually, for the last 48 hours. Oh. That's them, them backpedaling because they caught fucking serious. Shit. 
internationally for that shit. So now they're like, oh, that's not what we're doing. When it is what they were going to do until they realize, oh, shit. Pissed. I, I, don't, I don't even know anything about it because I didn't really. I just read headlines, so I don't fucking care. <laughs> Wendy's is going to yeah, try to upcharge people. That's that's what's hours, going on. Like peak Uber. hour up. Yeah. Like Uber charge you more during fucking lunch and dinner, which is I'll fucking t- asinine. I'll tell you this. Not Wendy's, but I have had a shamrock shake every day since when I've been available. <laughs> Wait, they're available already? It's not even March yet. No, no fucking around here. Close enough. I went. I I was per, I was like stalking the McDonald's to see those signs go up. You're stalking them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that that uh, gift where the guy's rubbing his hands together, licking his lips, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. In 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 a place like us, the fucking horrendously horrible fucking Irish tie. You guys don't have those fucking things twenty four seven days. You. By the way, Rock, you, you're um, you're cutting in and out. Oh, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. You, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, I just literally walked the door and I know. fucking climbed on this thing. So give me a second to yeah. get settled. In. No worries, I'm ma'am. Feeding my dogs and do, do your thing. Do your thing. You 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 uh you know you you got set up for your attack run. Go do your thing. We weren't expecting you for a while, so go do your thing. I here at all. This is shocking. I did not hear any of that. <laughs> did you, Mars? <laughs> no. All right. Mars didn't hear you either, apparently. Yeah. I don't think he hears himself. He probably muted himself again, thinking that uh, he could hear us better. Probably. <laughs> what a fucking train wreck. <laughs> or he's face down in a shamrock <laughs> Yeah. The, the, he had one too many. It just got to him. He's probably talking this whole time, and he's muted. Is it still breaking up on him? Well, it's hard to tell just from that. It didn't then, but I'll let you know. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some uh, some Bad Batch. And, uh, I want to know where Mars how can you? How can you? Mars is missing. Mars, are you we missing? Call the authorities? We need a wellness check. Let's have Alberto <laughs> go check on him. Yeah, Alberto's on the put in the well. <laughs> put him in the like well. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a wellness check. We put the lotion on the skin. Or it gets over. <laughs> yeah, you just did cut out a little bit at the end. Watch the movie. Uh, oh, there he is. Called, I think, and that means well in whatever language that movie was from. What? I didn't understand I, that. I heard you, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> I, I didn't understand it either because <laughs> I, I picked the movie because it was called Primal on the thing. And then it uh, started and said the title was Took. And then in parentheses, it said, well, or vice versa. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. uh, name of this flick? Well, Took. so when I picked it, it was my P movie. So it was so, Primal. So you... You actually lied to uh, the February gods because mm-hmm. it wasn't called Primal. Mm-hmm. Well, it is on the, the, the screenshot. Wait, why are you on P? It's the end of the fucking month. I fell behind. Well, you can't. It. You can't do it now. 
Okay. Well, he's, he's at the age where it's hard to pee. <laughs> he, I'm actually not on pee anymore. I'm on, he needs a fluffer uh, to pee. <laughs> he only pees once a <laughs> If I had if I hadn't remembered that this was Wednesday, I would be done with off. Yeah, My but yeah, but you're gonna R. be F. watching February into March. That's not February anymore. No, I won't. I won't be. I'll, I'll be done. You're gonna finish it tomorrow. You got 24. Between today and tomorrow, there's only 29 days, and you got lucky uh, that's a leap year. T. U V W X Y Z. <laughs> You're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I have one childhood friend, Anthony Johnson, who was born on a leap year. So I should, yeah, I, I know. Fucking, I know someone too. Happy eighth birthday. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know one person who is born on leap year. Apparently, there's a couple of actors that came out this week who are born on leap years too. They came out this week. Yeah, I saw it on a news thing. What do they come actors. out? What do they come out for? Come out of the leap year closet. <laughs> yeah, the leap year closet. They left out of the closet. <laughs> they left. <laughs> they left out of the closet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. I'm saying that it's the first I've heard of these characters being leap year babies. Well, I mean, why would you hear that? That's kind of a weird thing, right? Because every time the leap year rolls up, they always tend to bring out a cadre of pseudo facts about people who were born on a leap year kind of thing. I know we've been giving Anthony fucking shit his entire life. The fact that, you know, he's never going to be the age to drink before he dies. <laughs> well, and his uh, first name's Anthony. So uh, some people might confuse him for Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Let's say first name. Obviously. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> we call him Tony. We never call him Anthony unless we heard his mom. Oh, well, I mean, he might get mistaken for Tony Stark then now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man or, of steel. Industrialist. D- yeah. Does he have a, does he have a, a high-powered suit? I don't know what I fucking called it. What's um, the what's the Iron, no. Iron Man suit called, Mars? Does it have a name? Uh, I believe series. it's called the Iron Man suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It, it does have mock designations, the Mach 2, the Mach 5, whatever. Well, Mach, any of them. Uh, Mach 5, uh, at the end of every uh, episode with that one, Chim Chim and Sprite will pop out the back and go, Candy! <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? I am not high it. enough yet. You guys get a, I took an edible, but it's not going to kick in for like another hour, so I got to smoke. You don't know Chim Chim and Spider? No. Mm, the Ewoks? No. He <laughs> raised his little brother. Chim Chim and Chub Chub. And his, and his monkey companion. Oh, Chim Chim. Yeah, okay. And they always found their way into the trunk of the Mach 5. Oh yeah, from Speed Racer. Okay, Tim Tim. Yeah, forgot okay. about that. It's been a bit. I've never been a huge Speed Racer fan, but I am familiar. Go Speed Racer, go. Speed Racer was cool for me because it was on a channel that, like, uh, uh, I didn't have cable in my room, and it was on a weird UHF channel that I <laughs> I didn't find anywhere else, like from New Hampshire or something. So, 
on your UHF, did you get the drink from the hose? Nope. <laughs> did you, uh, did you play Wheel of Fish? Did nope. you see Spatula City ads? Spatula City, Spatula City, Spatula City. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's, I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, but uh, Tanya can recite like almost every line from that movie, but she can do the Spatula City thing like fucking like every Honestly, word of it. My, <laughs> yeah. Dude, honestly, that's why my wife cannot stand if Caddyshack's on. I can recite the entire movie verbatim, and she fucking it drives her crazy. <laughs> the, um, I found out the other day that Weird Al did. You know how he does like you know songs that aren't parodies, but are like pastiche songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a they nature might be- trail to hell is a fucking motherfucker, son. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. Well, actually, Dare to Be Stupid is my favorite. Dare to but, Be Stupid um, is all the polkas are fantastic. He has a um, uh, they might be giants past each one. That's oh, really? Yeah, it's called oh, Everything really? You Know Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. Is that off yeah. of one of the newer records? Like within the last uh, um, It's older than, it's old enough that I'm surprised I didn't hear it. Hmm. I'm surprised too. That doesn't ring familiar. I, I was surprised if I hadn't because I had a, not to, not to swing my musical nuts. I had quite the fucking collection of Weird Al Yankovic. I had everything up till Running With Scissors. Yeah, I had Running with Scissors too. Um, it was a sequel to it. Yeah, <laughs> it was called Running with Scissors to the other eye. <laughs> Dose. <laughs> Dose Ebolis. Why does so? I forgot like a lot of my theory type stuff at like uh, at where I was house sitting, and I don't have my like. Uh, I normally have like a power strip, so I'm just like dealing with like. Uh, like my eye cord plugged into the wall. <laughs> 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 the fuck? I told you I almost missed this one because I didn't know it was Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Got off with the chemicals in me. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why this. Did you take them via suppository? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. A book, a book suppository. Um. <laughs> I don't know why this program takes so, much, takes so much, uh, so much juice. Rocky's o- in limbo. OJ Simpson. Yep. Yeah. Not a juice. <laughs> Stop. No wheezing the juice. Stop wheezing the melon. All right. So. I was trying to kill some time for Alberto, but uh, maybe we'll jump in in just a few moments. But um, what was, uh, was there any music talk? Oh, we talked a little bit about some music stuff. We talked about Journey. <laughs> Why did that come up? When was the last time we talked about Well, I think it's been a while, but I, I'm pretty sure he's come up before. But um, the reason I saw it was he, Steve Perry was trending on Twitter. And, uh, yeah. So whenever I see someone, you know, who's like older than 50 trending, I, I get scared. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. And I looked and he was trending because um, someone. Morons. No, no. Someone had put out a poll of like, who is the who is the greatest rock singer? And they included four options. And those. Well, you guys want to obviously one obvious. one's obvious, but but 
Yeah. You wanted you guys want to guess some of the others? What? Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, yes. I know who I would choose, but I can't say that well, to everybody else would choose. Well, who would it be? Um, Freddie is definitely in the top five for sure. Uh, quite near the top. Um, uh, it's actually, I'm, I'm, my brain's, because I'm trying to think of who people would have picked for, is it, is it truly rock music or is pop involved in this? No, it's rock. Like, and it's like, uh, let's say limited to seventies, eighties or specifically I guess late sixties, seventies, eighties, that, that time frame, like sort of like the halcyon days of like rock and roll when it was like, right. you know, David covered. No, he wasn't on there. I've seen him pop up on some though. I know one that you guys don't like, and I'm not the hugest fan of him as a vocal ability. Steven Tyler's got some shit, dude. So like, yeah, I, Aerosmith fan or the motherfuckers got skills. Yeah. I was actually s- slightly surprised he wasn't on there. Um, oh, he's not. Okay. It was just wow. four. It was just, and this is literally someone starting like just a conversation and they chose four and then people said, you know, it was basically who do you think is, should be on the list? So How it was so weird porcelain doll, Steven Tyler that they caught out there now. <laughs> you mean uh, the one that looks like everyone's aunt? Yeah. Yeah. I picked magic. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did. I went through a spurt where I was forced to have to see Aerosmith live because my wife worked at, um, worked at UNICEF and one of their perks mm-hmm. was that whenever there was concerts that came through at the ACC, they would get tickets. So I've managed to see Aerosmith three times, but not because we were going to see Aerosmith. It was because his opening acts were people I really wanted to see. Like the last time we saw them, Sammy Hagar was the opening act. The time before it was Lenny Kravitz. Uh, and the time before that was, I don't recall now, but it was never. But I will say this, having seen him 10 years ago, the motherfucker still do it. Hmm. Moving like a motherfucker doing cartwheel shit. So, you know, I'm going to give it where credit is that shit at my age. I'm nowhere near him. <laughs> I saw. Uh, so what do you, before we go on too, too far, do you guys, I just want to get the four out there. So uh, there's two. We got Steve Perry and we got Freddie Mercury. So the, who, who do you think you guys think of the other two? I mean, you said late sixties through the 80s. late sixties through the early eighties. That was the time frame that that early these 80s. that these um, four were picked from. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I was going to say someone would pick that, even though I wouldn't agree. Uh, Robert Plant. Yes, yes, that's one of them. Yep. Okay. You I, guys will never guess the fourth one. I like. I promise you, no one will guess it because I was like, "What? What the fuck?" So Bob do you. Bill. No, do you want me to tell you who the fourth one is, or do you guys want to continue to guess? Give me one more, a couple more guesses. Okay, you'll never. Um, I, I like if you I'm guess, gonna, I will be fucking shocked. I'm gonna guess this guy has to be the one from the late '60s because none of the other three were that time frame. So, uh, what was the dude's name from um, the animals? No. Well, they so been, let me also been, say this, that the 60s one was plant. Yeah. Oh. So that, that, this, this, um, 
this person, well, let me see. When am I right about that? When did Zeppelin one? They were playing clubs and stuff in that time. I don't think one came out. In okay. So, uh, okay. They formed in 68. That's what I was thinking of. Um, but their first, um, when did their first album drop? 70. I'm pretty sure. Maybe 71, but I think it's 70. So, oh. Um, not Stephen Delp, is it? Nope. So Led Zeppelin number one was Led Zeppelin one and two were 69. Okay. That's. Oh, okay. So, okay. So I was right about that. So that's, that was, that was the only one that was in the sixties. I don't think it would be Daltrey plus he would also. Nah. Um, Um, it's very interesting. He's a rock guy. And and here's another, here's another hint. He's mostly known as a guitarist. Oh, Peter Frampton. No. He's mostly Ron known Shaw. as a guitarist. Like if you if you ask for some of the like if you did like a top twenty five list of the best guitarists in the in the seventies and eighties, he might appear on it. But if you did like top fifty vocalists, he wouldn't be on it in my in my estimation. <laughs> So it's not Shaw there. Uh, no, no. You got. Let's. I swear to God, you guys are ne- are not going to guess this one. Tommy Shaw, I could see because he did some of their best fucking tunes. <clears throat> um. Uh, give us one more hint. One more hint. <laughs> then we'll call it. Um. They were a British rock band formed in 1977. British. You know what's funny is I didn't even know they were British. To me, this band kind of oozes American, especially because of one of their videos was very popular in MTV in the eighties. And it's a rock band. Yep. A British band that comes off more American. I th- I thought they're American. Like I was actually surprised to see that they started in, in London. Well, technically some of the greats that, are equated to American music all got their big start. I mean, Jimi Hendrix got his start in London. Fuck it. Well, they're, that's where they're from. They're like a, they're a, a British band. Are they one of the big bands? Like the Beatles or the Stones? No, no. Not that big, no. No, you got to think MTV era. Yeah, MTV era. Okay. One of the biggest videos in the 80s. Well, I know that I would... Ch- one of the ones on my list would be fucking Heyday Ian Asbury from oh, the fucking wall. Is it um Oh, Mars might get it. Let's see. Um nah, I don't know that anybody considered him the best guitar player though, except for me. Um <laughs> Well just guess it. Not uh his name just like uh You can say the band if you The Cars? No. Uh, and that was were, um the guitarist. Oh shit! What was his name? Rick Ocasek. No, no, the other one. Or the bass player that sang "Drive." The bass player sang as well. So Rick Ocasek sang some stuff, and the bass player. Oh, okay. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, what um, is his name? It starts with an O. His last name starts with an O. No. Yeah, um, my my buddy had his signature Kramer guitar. That's why I'm like, I can't believe I don't remember. From the Cars or from the guy? Oh, well, I'm 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 talking about Mars. What Mars said. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Elliot Easton. 
the fuck is um Elliot Easton was the guitarist of the of the cars. Yeah. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. So because yeah, my buddy had an Elliot Easton model Kramer. Was it pink? Like from the shake stage? What's that? Was it the hot pink from the shake it up? No, it was it was a red it was a red Kramer. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the hot pink one. No. Gotcha. All right. Any other guesses? I'm truly dumbfounded that he's a guitar player and would be considered a predominant rock vocalist of the area. Uh, no, the, I know, because get this out in America. Well, like I said, this is one person's opinion, so <laughs> it's not say, uh, It's not like a popular I vote. Say, I was going to say Ted Nugent, so, but they're no. not from, they're not from no. That would be a good guess, though, in terms of being known as a good guitar player, too. Yeah. Someone like that. Uh, I mean, not him, but someone like that. And he was the singer in the band uh-huh. performing predominantly, yep. and he was also the guitar player. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one because I'm trying to think of bands in that era where <clears throat> where the guitar player singer was so totally on his game. I would say, I mean, I know he's not, but the only one I can really think of from that time frame would be like fucking um, what's his name from Mountain? Um, oh, Edgar. No. Oh no no no! Why am I thinking Edgar White? Not Edgar White. Um, it's a it's a it's a female name, Leslie Easterbrook. No, not Leslie Easterbrook. I'm thinking the actress. <laughs> Leslie, uh, yeah, Leslie West. I think is his name. Yes, yes, yes. That's I'm I'm almost positive. That's it. He would be the and, whoa. And not and not Sammy, right? No, not Sammy. Not Sammy. I love. Although Sammy. it's funny, uh, I know you love Sammy. Tanya was like. Sammy could be on that list because I was trying to. I asked her if she oh, for guessed, sure. and she fucking loves Sammy, as you know. Because even before he did that, he fucking he sang for Montrose. Montrose, yeah, in the yeah. late seventies. So yeah. they had big hits, and with Rock Candy and Bad Motor Scooter. You, you know who's one that uh, Tanya mentioned um, that I agree with. It's hard not to include Ronnie James Dio in that. Although, oh. if you're talking about yeah, rock. He might be more metal, so that could be well, the distinction. Once you finish up this, then I think you know some people need to throw out their personal. Okay. Pieces, cause All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell Dio. you guys because you guys would never fucking guess this. I swear to God, you guys would never guess it's, this. He's Scottish, but it's not Naughty Holder from Slade, is it? No. Mark motherfucking Knopfler from Dire Straits. Oh, oh, that is true though. I wouldn't call him a great vocalist. Right. Is a yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like I when if you if I made a list of the top twenty five, maybe thirty guitarists in the eighties, like I might think of Knopfler. Like think of like Sultan's a swing. Like well you know, but like I never thought of him as as a good like as an ex- exceptional singer. He's a good singer, don't get me wrong. But I've never thought of him as an exceptional He's one of those singer. singers that are perfect in their own parameter right yes and well here's i would consider michael stipe and like frank zappa you know guys who are like their voice almost sounds bad but you until you realize that they're they're pitch perfect they're right on the note they just have such a distinct voice that it sounds because by that by that notion i would say the same thing about jay mascus he's not a great singer by fucking traditional standards but i think only he could portray what he's trying to portray in dinosaur it's the same thing with uh, Bob Dylan. 
Bob Dylan is not a traditionally good singer, but him telling his story is far more yeah. important. He's a great he's a great story. artist, whether you like him or not. There's and no think, denying that. I think Knopfler also floats that because as great as they get, usually when you're a great guitarist, songwriting suffers. So usually it takes someone who's lesser of that to be the better songwriter. I will agree, though, that with a band having a guitarist like Knopfler in it, they wrote some really great. Brothers in Arms is a beautiful fucking song, like yeah. as a structured song, not just guitar flamboyance or anything of the sort, just as a song. I mean, so, Romeo and Juliet is the best Springsteen yeah. song that Springsteen did, right? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of true, actually. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just looking at, I don't know, this is from... I don't know how legit this is. The range planet talks about like singers ranges and stuff like that. Um, it, there it says Mark Knopfler has always been quite limited as a singer, although his song, his sung spoken style has proved proven to be entirely suitable for his songwriting. That to me doesn't say one of the greatest, unless this person was specifically trying to get a rise out of people like, you know, cause to me, Mark Knopfler is not even in the well, fucking question like he's not even in the sphere of best singers in the that time but it is personal preference a and it also depends on what you like if he's more gilded towards like i am songwriters who are writing good songs they may not be traditionally great vocalists but how they manage to do a different thing with their voice within the confines of the music they write is unique and unto themselves like you could hear mark knopfler's voice and know it's knopfler like yeah, you just can't, right? So traditionally, no. But if this guy's just going by his personal preference and his personal list, I could see how someone like that could make it on someone's personal list. Yeah. So uh, you had said you want to do ours. So what? What, uh, what do you guys think? Well, Mike Patton. Yeah, I was about. To you know what? I, my... I, I mean, I agree. It's hard to. It's hard to consider Mike Patton strictly rock, though, in this, in this, right. in these parameters. You know, he works in, within that confines. Whether it be a Mr. Bungle, whether it be he works within the confines of rock music per se, and, with a couple of touchstones. And don't get me wrong, he, he is one of my favorite singers of all time. But I don't, got, I wouldn't consider him rock at all. He's got an amazing range from Screaming At You and Crack Hitler to songs like Evidence, which is smooth. You can drink that shit. Right. You know? Uh, that's why I think I think he transcends any genre, and it's difficult to say that he's a rock singer because he's, first and foremost, I think, I think you consider him metal, but then he's done other, so many other different things that it's hard to even cate- categorize him beyond that. But if he were to be in a category, I think he would be metal. But see, metal is such a genre tied to rock, though. See, like, there's a difference if you're saying sure. they're a country singer or a jazz crooner or something, trying to pigeonhole them into rock. But they all shades of rock, whether it be classic hippies rock on up to fucking Norwegian death metal, it's still rooted in rock and roll. So, so let's so say classic consider- rock, just to be very specific about about the thing that we're talking about. Like, I'd say let's be specific classic rock. Because I Patton would have been on my list too, Mars. Well, I would so. still say Coverdale, because from when he was he would in, be up there, yeah. Yeah, when he was in Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I do love him. White Snake. You know what? And and um, Tanya also brought a- brought this one up. Um, another good one, I think, would be. Um, I always get them confused. Which is which? Ann Wilson. 
I believe she was oh, the, the lead singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, main. Yeah, Anne's the singer. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Well, Nancy sings too, but Nancy's the guitar player. Yeah, exactly. Like, she also sings that she's great, but she's a fucking amazing guitarist. But Dude, yeah. speaking of, there is a thing on video that was just done at... I don't think it was a NAMM show, but some of their music show, but Sammy Hagar, Nancy Wilson, and... Um, Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. We're all mm-hmm. three on stage doing a uh, conversation and playing each other's songs with each other. It's pretty cool. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, and, and both Nancy, I think, did a bunch of stuff with Alice in Chains. They were on, like, um, Jar oh, Flies. They yep, they did a bunch of stuff. They were on Sap. Oh, um, Sap is one of the one I was thinking of, not Jar Flies yet. But they were instrumental in Mud Honey happening, too. Nancy was big deep on this so they show up on a lot of the mud honey stuff and a lot of the side prep projects that they did like um um oh god it's escaping me now uh, there's a bunch of side projects all the guys from those bands like mud honey and oh and, and alice and chains yeah yeah i mean like um oh uh, shit season mad season mads yeah mad season that was one of them uh what was the other one uh, uh, I'm going hungry. That song. Um, well, that's Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog, yeah. But she wasn't so hands-on with that particular one. But anyway, yeah, Nancy and Anne were big, especially Nancy was. Nancy was jamming with all those fuckers in yeah. Seattle during the time I, all that shit was popping. I mean, think of like uh, say, uh, like Barracuda or something like that. I would say like yeah. Joan Jett should be up there too. Oh, dude. Yeah, Joan Jett she's, and Lee Queen. Um, yeah, both, well, Joan yeah, Jett's both, my queen. Both the Runaways. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. more than but both the vocal runaways. I think that um, Joan is the rock. I, I mean, I, I would say I would still say Doll Three too because I feel like he did a lot of different kind of stuff throughout the career. Uh, Roger Daltrey. Oh, Daltrey, yeah, yeah. I mean, he took he took aggressiveness into music that wasn't happening towards that era of the '60s. Like the Who came at shit from a more aggressive angle than most people were doing because, like, my generation. It just their stage presence and the aggressiveness of his singing with how those fucking I'm Keith Moon was an undirected meteorite fucking hitting mm-hmm. off of drum skins. So <laughs> they, 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 for all intents and purposes, I consider the who to be one of the first punk bands before people really knew what punk was. I mean, they're obviously oh, yeah. Iggy and the Stooges that precede them. But what I'm saying is like everything that came from the who was meant to be an aggressive punch to the face from his mm-hmm. screaming to fucking, you know, Keith Moon's drums, Keith Moon's drums fucking, fuck man. Yeah. And whistles insane bass takes and just, you know, Pete Town just making loud amplifiers fucking explode. I've always <laughs> thought that the punk formula that led directly to like the Stooges and the New York dolls was, uh, the aggression and broken amp feedback and overdrive of the who. Um, the garaginess of the Kinks, uh, and the in the in the look of Bowie at that time. Yeah, well, the, you just mentioned mine, uh, David Bowie. Like, yeah. he. Oh yeah. While he may not be the same style of singer as some of those other people we've mentioned, like you don't also don't think of him. I don't think of Bowie as classic rock. Like, I feel like once again, he kind of he is he is he is in that he is in that but he definitely for me he's an artist like first and kind of like classic rock singer second you know like uh, he's like just look at how frequently he changed um his look his style um you know and god like 
just hearing him sing like you know he may not have been as talented as some of those others but his production his songwriting are like second to none as far as i'm concerned and it's all timeless he, he yeah said that absolutely his, his martin love era stuff like he he kind of felt like he had he had sold out a, a bit but like even that stuff doesn't like it, it's only thumbnailed in my mind in the 80s because the videos were so uh omnipresent but like if that stuff comes up now like um you it's know like it could come out today way. yeah i mean modern love could totally you know hold up but it's here's the thing with bowie i call him the chameleon of rock and roll because nobody can go away for five years completely reinvent themselves come back with completely new and different yet it still sounds exactly like you that's what most people forget is it's like yeah. it's fine to journey through other things as long as if you're doing it under the guise of who you are it still feels like you you can change things up but it's got to feel like you and that's what bowie yeah. did better than anybody he, he would come back you still knew it was bowie but it was completely different yeah I think he also is partially responsible, if not fully responsible for um, the like sort of like the new wave movement that we got in the late 70s, well, early 80s, um, especially oh, especially with his production style. Um, yeah, I, well, I mean, he, he, you know, he, you know, that that period where he moved to Berlin and like was essentially just working with Eno. Yeah, the thin white. Duke yep. Era. Yeah. You know, Eno was yeah. like, yeah, he was essentially like a co-collaborator. And right. I was recently reading about when Iggy Pop did his first solo album when he left the Stooges. Um, he wanted to kind of change and, and to, to be viewed differently than he was, you know, with the Stooges. And so That's he worked. You got Mandy and, or Candy, not Mandy. Yeah, he, well, he worked with Bowie on his first solo album. I can't remember the name of the album now. I listened to it like, couple months ago um but bowie was like trying out a new sound and he's kind of like uh hey hey Iggy, let's <laughs> let's collaborate on this and he he, he was the test rat yeah. yeah he was he absolutely was and he and um that's why bowie took some like some of the songs he wrote bowie wrote some of the songs for iggy and then he ended up recording them himself later on and the funny thing is bowie got his album out before iggy because Iggy's was sort of like held up in like right. re record company limbo for a bit. And there have been theories that Bowie made that happen so he could release his first. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. It'd be quite fair. But him and Iggy were really tight. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just heard uh, recently a crazy story of, um, oh, I can't remember which one it was either, is uh, Bowie like stealing Zappa's bass player. Like, like he saw them on tour and like met with them on tour and then stolen like during the break. I can't remember what the fuck bass player it was though. Um, but like, yeah, just crazy old hmm. Bowie. Yeah. Um, let's get back to getting this portion. Cause it's, uh, that's, Mark Knopfler, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it could have been a, a it could have been a troll because everyone was like going nuts about it. So well, I, mean, I, I wouldn't put it past that, him. Uh, 
I, I, I think that when you look at things, I, I call it through like Berkeley tinted glasses of just somebody who is like a traditional singer. Um, so you can have like journey cover bands and they've had like three dudes that don't sound exactly like Perry, but they've been able to, you know, hit one being fucking Joey Belladonna, motherfucker. Yeah. That's when we, that's when we talked about him. That's it was recent. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's when we talked about him. That's right. And be an approximation of that. But like so many of my heroes, when you hear Tom Petty, no one sounds like that. When you hear Michael Stipe, no one sounds like that. It's and see, as much as, as much as as much as Petty is my Jesus, and I love everything about him, I wouldn't consider him in the top singers. He is a fantastic songwriter, and nobody oh, yeah. else can do stuff like he does but, it. But recalibrate. Re, I mean, everybody has their own like you know credentials to get onto a list. But if you recalibrate your Mars, what are your credentials to get on a list? <laughs> Uh, Which list? He's yeah, on a bunch of yeah. them. Play a diddly priest multiple times. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the multi diddler. Something that should be said for brand identity, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, like if you like if you listen to certain genres of music, uh, there are a lot of great singers that are like interchangeable and like i I do think there should be something that should be said for guys who oh that's that singer you know that's that's it they have a unique voice like whether or not you like dylan or not like my sister loathes him but i don't think anybody could have ever gotten those songs across like dylan did because it was so odd and only his voice saying what he has to say at that time made sense Yeah. Uh, You know, there are a lot of, I mean, I love, I mean, that's my like bread and butter guys like Tom Waits uh, and Nick Cave and, and Leonard Cohen uh, who like, you know, better, you know, who their songwriting is. Everybody knows. But I mean, if you listen to like, even ones I like, if you listen to like a Leonard Cohen cover, they could be very, beautiful and put together but like the reason it works when Leonard Cohen sings it is that he fucking means it yeah you know like and and you and you can't like you can't like replicate that Uh, I want to throw out a couple more here I'm just I'm looking at a a listing of of some of the, the better ones and before I list a couple more names it's really funny to see names like um Tom York uh, Chris Cornell, Eddie <laughs> Vedder, Kurt yes. Cobain. Like, it's really weird to see them on a list of classic rock singers. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I would give it to Cornell because Cornell, out of all those, Cornell fucking might go on those lists because I do think he's a powerful singer, crazy range, and just has great melodic choices. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whereas, you know, as much as I'm a Pearl Jam dude, I would definitely not put Vetter on that list. I would definitely not put Tom York on that list. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, Tom York. I mean, I, I don't know if there's even an argument with Tom York. I, I, I think, I think his range and his vocals are like out of this world. Like especially, uh, like Ben's era. Him. That's. Um, I mean, for me, that's the best era. That's the best album they put out. 
I mean, yeah, he does have range, so I can't give him that. However, there's not a lot of definition to yeah. his range. And, so and there's also, it's kind of interesting to think about because, I mean, what what exactly makes, a, are we just talking about the best singer? Like, and it's all personal preference anyway, dude. Someone right, who's right. going to like, you know, well, like, you know yeah. Mars is going to like a Tom Waits record and fucking the person who likes fucking... Mariah Carey is not, you know, it's, it's completely. Yeah. Well, that's, subjective. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is like, um, it, it is completely subjective. And it's a matter of what you think is most important. Like, is it the actual, like being a front person? Because if so, David Lee Roth is the top of my fucking list, man. He's not the best singer. Oh, but, Freddie Mercury is there too. He's a great but, singer and he was a great front man. Yeah. But David Lee Roth was the fucking best yeah. front man maybe ever. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, so it really all depends on what you're going for, um, you know, in yeah. terms of, and his it's voice like, supported the songs exceptionally well, you know, but there's also someone like, um, Bono, right? Like, um, who's viewed as generally a pretty good singer. I know Mars, I, I think you're not so high on him as a singer, right? But I, I, I like him fine. I, I don't, I don't like the maybe, thing that gets people pissed off at me is that I like, like like 1990 and up U2 way more than I like like classic <laughs> the classic stuff yeah, yeah. I'm right opposite. I like I like U2 through the war era and into the Joshua Tree and then after that I was kind of like yeah, I think right around Zuti they kind of lost me oh, that's my jam right there <laughs> so I'll name a few more here real quick and if you guys want to talk about any of them go for it uh, Peter Gabriel Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Peter Gabriel. Neil Young. Phil Collins, I could say, too. It's... See, watch watch a live Gabriel-like performance and, like, this shit going on there that you've heard every time, but mm-hmm. you don't you don't notice, like, his harmonics and stuff like that. Like, yep. uh, his, his, like, manipulation of his own voice, like, is, like, completely... Uh, there's a there's a version of uh, uh, Salisbury Hill from I think Letterman that he's backed by an orchestra that legitimately like brought oh, me to tears. F- yeah, when I first that, that I mean that song just period is like oh, fucking love yeah. that song. Yeah. But then there's others like um, I don't know if I consider rockness. Well, no, I mean this is definitely rock. This is classic rock for sure. Janis Joplin. Yeah. You know, someone like yeah. that who had a fucking yeah. crazy voice. Like, she was super powerful. Um, it was one other one. It was one see, other. If we're going to go in the realms of those types of work. See, like, for me, when you say rock, there is rock and roll and then there's rock where I expect somebody's voice to have some fucking roadside gravel in it. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will kind of die on this hill and say it if you're going to come out of the 80s era. Uh, in the mid '80s, with the fucking you know the the glam rock singers, dude. In his heyday, dude, and I've seen him live three times. Sebastian Bach was a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. No, that dude's fucking great. He's great. Yeah, I I think even though technically it is classic rock, I I would I I think I'm t- uh for me when I think classic rock, I think of like what was classic when I was yeah, I know, younger, I which is kind of funny to think of, you know. Yeah. But now when the shit I'm in high school is on the classic rock radio station when my alarm goes off in the morning, it's yeah, scary. It's like right. hearing Judas Priest and shit fucking breaking the law oh, what about at 8.30 in the morning. What's that, Mark? Oh, fucking Rob Halford. Yeah. Halford, yeah. I would say 
I mean, technically, Priest in the 80s was pretty rock. I mean, they were harder edged than a lot of those other um, bands, but they definitely became metal. They were kind of of one of those hybrid bands that were coming out, taking taking what they wanted to go the direction of what Iron Maiden was doing, but at the end of the day, they were a little closer to Sex Pistols and, and execution. So it's like they had the technicality in Judas Priest. They were one of those bands that was more ground level dirty mm-hmm. rock versus that polished fucking iron maiden thing in your face right yeah any others before we wrap up because we've been talking about this way too long <laughs> yeah yeah um I say right now you know people may love or hate it because it's one of my favorite bands ever in in his heyday there's no voice that the second you hear a whale come out of that man's throat circa 1983 you Ian Asbury still gets me every yeah, time. Yeah, that's I a good fucking one. hear a cult song, dude. I love the for, cult. So yeah, I do too. For, I mean, I like the cult too. It's funny. I didn't like them when I was younger, but I grew to appreciate them. For me, and it's probably a bias from not really digging them in the 80s and 90s, um, but I feel like his voice sounds very similar in, in it, you know, in like a lot of the songs not that's oh, yeah. not a dig it's you know for me i want someone with a little bit more variety you know yeah but those guys like marsh said that he's uniquely him like you're not going to go see a leonard cohen cover alan rex you know just not going to be that thing but for who he is and what he does like a bowie yep. or yeah a unique voice like a mark knopfler <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mark knopfler. <laughs> But back but, uh, back to one of the, the what brought this up is Steve Perry. I, I so I shared. Uh, you guys have probably seen it, or maybe you haven't. But there's a video of him doing uh, "Don't Stop Believing" from 1981 in in Houston, oh, yeah. and his fucking delivery, like it it sounds like the fucking record. And he's yeah. moving around, and I'm like, how the fuck? Like, how, I don't even get it. And, it, and and it clearly was a recorded. I mean, it wasn't recording. It was live because he's, you know, and he mentioned Houston several times because that's where they were, you know. When you talk about the unique people, here's the thing that bothers me. It's like, okay, Journey Star, they were a prog rock outfit made of a bunch of studio musicians. Sean and all those guys were studio musicians who couldn't get their yep. prog rock thing off the ground. And the record company was about to drop them, and they were like – you just need to find a singer and a song and orchestrate guys. So in walks Steve Perry <laughs> and the magic yeah. that happens yeah. after that is like, Neil Schoen, I love you as a guitar player, but you need to shut the fuck up because at the end of the day, you guys were peddling nothing until fucking Steve Perry walked yeah. in that room with a notebook full of fucking songs and a piano and said, let's try this. Because yep. none of Journey's stuff is difficult. Like every last one of their song has very simple chord structure. His voice attached to it, they made fucking pop rock magic, man. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because um, you know I listened to them a little bit in the eighties, but it's a band that that was like my my brother's band, you know, like my older brother's band. So I was into like metal, you know. So I didn't listen to them a ton. I did appreciate them, and, and I did listen here and there. But it's funny, like I know obviously know all their hits, but then the some of the deep cuts I don't really know and. Uh, Tanya, uh, my partner, well, you guys know, but people out there might not. Um, she was listening to, I think, Escape, one, one of their one of their albums. And, uh, you know, it's a few songs I'd never heard before. And I'm like, well, it's pretty good. 
Dude, if you've never paid attention to one of their songs, that will always get gets me every time because when it comes to beautiful melody in rock and roll music, fucking um, um, uh, Stone in Love by oh, Journey. Yeah, that was one of the and, ones that really jumped out to me. Yeah. Oh fuck, dude, that is like beautiful harmony, beautiful fucking melody, just everything about and Wheel in the Skies. Yeah, that one's great too. Yeah. So, Let me yeah. just uh, throw in the pot. Um, <laughs> two of, don't uh, don't two uh, voices don't that, put that in Rocky's pot. You know, oh, two in my distinct, pot. Two distinct voices that nobody would say. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that you know my 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 favorite singers are like are, uh, are Bruce Dickinson and Dave Gahan, but. Two, two singers that like really affected me growing up that have, I think two of the most distinct voices and they're always kind of just below the, the, the radar when you're having these conversations are D Snyder and, um, and Bon Scott. Oh, um, that, now you're talking about one of my Jesus. Jesus yeah, those, those are two guys. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, if you listen to me sing and you know how much I love Bon Scott, it, it's it's probably not obvious just because of how far f- from genres we are. But like, you know, he's a really big influence on, on one end of my uh, my vocal scale. But, you know, like Dee Snyder, just like, you know, Dee S- Twisted Sister was my kiss in the sense where I was fucking all in. You right. Know? I was, oh, every, I, I love I was when I saw Twisted you. Sister Army. When you can't when you can't go rock and roll came out on MTV late night. I was fucking balls in on Twisted Sister too. That fucking song yeah. moved me. But much like what you said with Bon Scott, so like and and what Johnny just said about fucking you know his discovery of Journey now you know later days or the cult or whatever. Um, same thing with me. Like much like you said, those types of singers, the Bon Scotts, the angry growly kind of guys that you know do that thing has always been what pulled me into rock and roll because it sounded dirty, angry and mean, which is why when I learned what punk was, I gravitated to punk very heavily because it was, you just, you just described my disconnect with a lot of the, the films of today perfectly because like, uh, even though you're talking about music, because I will always be more interested in a dirty, gritty, yeah, uh, thing that I will be like a quadrillion dollar superhero. I'll take I'll take I'll take Serpico over Avatar any day of the week. Yeah, I mean I I, yeah. I you know like there's a there's a cutoff for me. I yeah. I, I think that <laughs> yeah, Mars is not talking about Serpico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I love Serpico. Uh, well, right, but, but you're you're talking about like fucking uh, Shaw Brothers and like. Yeah, I'm yeah, so even, from a dirty even, standpoint. Even like uh, even like more so contemporarily, like um, uh, like Wolf Warrior is more exciting to me than Avatar. Right. You know, and and I can agree with that. And that's you're exactly 100 percent dead on the target. You're, you you're way more Oliver Queen than you thought with that draw comparison because that's exactly <laughs> what i was saying with music is like i've always gravitated to the dirty unruly versus the 
over the, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's some beautiful pieces of fucking orchestrated rock music that I do. And, and, okay, so like what Johnny just said a minute ago, it took him a while to come to stuff. I came to Maiden late because like all my friends listened to it, but I was way more interested in hearing, you know, Bon Scott era ACDC or fucking, you know, um, when, when the theme, the, when the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive came out, even though that's Brian Johnson, that tape didn't leave my tape deck for like two months mm. on a loop. But those types of guys, but finding Iron Maiden later and you appreciate it and see, oh, I get this. You know, I totally get to where the point now there's like certain Maiden songs that are just a necessity. If I'm having a bad day, that fucking Flight of Icarus will pull me out of it almost every time. I fucking love that song so goddamn mm-hmm. much. Um, my um, but, my old, pretty much, you know, he's been my friend long enough, you know, to pretty much be family. Um, he, my friend Steve Milgate, um, whose daughter became like, the the person who got me from place to place and was my assistant in almost every way for a few years. Um, Steve Milgate got me into Iron Maiden and he like taped the tapes for me and drew the covers. Nice. On the tape. So motherfucker had to have some skills to be doing some Eddie riffs on the fucking back of a napkin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he, 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 he did have some skills. He, uh, but like, yeah, like I, I, you know, Iron Maiden was like a whole thing for me. Like Twisted Sister was all like the, the visual and everything else. You know? Right. The aesthetic, everything about it. That's why I love the dirty bands. Like coming up in that 80s where there was a lot of one-off bands that people didn't give a lot of credence to. Like one of my favorite bands, and people always look at me sideways, especially when I start playing one of those songs out of nowhere. Uh, I, I loved Faster Pussycat because they just look like a bunch of fucking cokeheads who just like, oh, you want to get together and make some songs? Yeah. What <laughs> Faster pussycat, <laughs> yub, nub, yub. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Faster pussycat, yub, nub, yub. Until my mom, my mom used to buy me like a, like two or three cassette tapes every single week. But I remember like getting certain like ACDC records and feeling like, I don't know if I'm supposed to have this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, there are certain things like I can't listen to this on the speakers. I can only listen to this on the headphones because if my mom hears this shit, I'm in trouble. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's get into the You read my yeah. fucking mind. See that? Yeah. Oh, Mars. One last. Mars and I. Wait, hold on. One second, Rock. Mars and I are on like it's it's a weird wavelength because uh, I I literally sent the text saying I guess uh, you know that I was start that I wanted to start the show and Mars popped in literally as I hit sent send and I then. And then you said something about Rocky, like the moment he fucking popped in. And then now you, you were like, oh, let's move on after I hit the button. <laughs> You're in sync. Uh, real, real fast. And we won't talk on any more music shit. We just need to start a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> but, but this weekend we did a little uh, room happenings and we were <laughs> hanging out with the dogs. <laughs> and, wait, uh, wait, are these real dogs or metaphysical uh, manifestations of dogs? dogs. Okay. It's, I mean, you never know out. with mushrooms, right? I mean, one of them turned to me at one point and said, bitch, give me some pancakes. <laughs> and I fucking freaked out. But anyway, um, no, Dad, I just can you make me some pancakes there. real quick? <laughs> at no point in time ever in this house, when music has been playing, 
uh, since we've had these two, have they ever reacted to music? Like Kirby, <laughs> our old dog, he would. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They have, they have never really reacted to it at all, any way, shape, or form. We're sitting on the couch, buzzed as fuck, and all of a sudden, fucking Lita Ford, fucking Kiss Me Deadly comes on the Holy fucking shit. rotation. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Hal loses his shit. I think I sent you guys a video that Sue took. And how he fucking sat there and did this whining noise. He just fucking perfectly slowly laid down in a position like a fucking gargoyle and just stared at the TV until the video was over. Dude. That's funny. Fucking nuts. How is the Lena Ford fan? Speaking Before of. Uh, uh, this is real quick. Uh, speaking of uh, dogs watching um, TV, last night I watched uh, the movie Poor Things. And. Uh, there's parts of it that are in black and white and uh ozzy my dog was like fixated like he was watching with us i don't know if it's because it was in black and white like the parts that were but he was just fixated on it and there was like some animals on screen i won't say anything because it could be spoiler i guess but um he was just like fixated on it i was like wow like he's never watched tv for like this long (laughs) funny doodles doesn't like uh uh, issue the stone pit bulls entrance because of the dogs. Like, she'll, like, she'll like hit the road. That's funny. Now, uh, Hal's, Hal's got a weird thing where like dogs and horses on TV drive him nuts. Like we have to literally hold him and keep him from barking and raising hell. So I don't know why horses and dogs. I mean, I get dogs, but horses. Yeah, yeah. He's never seen a horse in real life. <laughs> we were, um, That's funny. there was one night me and my friend Aurora were watching, uh, uh, Bigfoot movie mm-hmm. um, on the big theater screen at Tiny's house. And uh, the Bigfoot was having his way with a young lady. Uh, <laughs> hey, now. And, 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 and howled. And Tiny's dog, Maple, like answered the howl. Nice. Bigfoot went, Roar! and Maple went, Roar! and Aurora, <laughs> and Aurora went, Roar! and then you went, off, off, off. And then the helicopter came. Um, <laughs> and then Michael Winslow showed up. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then Aurora, when I think we're, I think we're wasting this uh, high definition film projector. <laughs> All right, Star Wars. So uh, we, we'll have to start a uh, weird uh, animal. <laughs> weird animals watching uh, TV and uh, music podcast next up apparently. Yeah, yeah. Remind so, me next week if we talk about music because there's a couple bands I want to hit you guys to that I found uh, recently. We need to no one hit podcast. me to that, dude. Yeah, hit me to that shit. I'm always up to hear some new shit. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Star Wars. So now, we're Alberto gonna... does because it's either Huey Lewis and the new Snow Days. Watch now that we're we're actually going to be talking about Star Wars. I guarantee Alberto will pop in within the next five minutes. He's somehow monitoring us, even though there's no way to do that without popping in. <laughs> I had, I had forgotten about this until like it was an awkward time. Um, and I like, so, not, so my, we had my father's wake last Thursday and it was a very beautiful affair. Military honors, uh, real, real nice. Um, but my cousin who I only like we're, we were, we're very similar, but I don't see him a lot. We just went different like ways. Um, did you both go your separate ways, Mars? Yeah. <laughs> I remembered in the middle of this, in the middle, we must. when all this stuff was going on, like oh, I went shit. over and went, I went, 
I still Believe. am really upset that nobody ever found a way to preserve your Star Wars wallpaper that you used to have. And he was like, I know, I know. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was the coolest fucking stuff he had. Like it was episode one, like just different scenes from it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was so jealous. <laughs> That's awesome. I bet you can find it online. Maybe. Probably, but I don't have any walls to wallpaper. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk. Let's talk Bad Batch. Because uh, okay. it's it's funny. We killed, I don't even fucking know, an hour? Like, I don't even know. And, and I was so excited to talk about this episode. So it's really yeah, funny. excited to talk about music. Well, you started it. I, well, I know. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just surprised. That's all. <laughs> all right. So Bad Batch, we're going to talk about episode four. And let me pull up the info here. Name of the episode, A Different Approach. This is the 36th episode of The Bad Batch if you're going by uh, series number. If you're going by season, it's uh, season three, episode four. It is directed by Saul Ruiz, and this one is written by Ezra Nachman. And this one dropped... You hear Nachman, but you can't come in. <laughs> uh, this one dropped today, February 28th, 2024. And let me take a look here and see if we have any new voices. We have the old standbys, of course, with uh, Michelle Ang as Omega. And uh, obviously D. Bradley Baker as Legend. pretty much everybody. Let's see. We had the voice. D. Bradley Baker always makes me think that he should be the editor at a like a comic book newspaper. <laughs> like that name. <laughs> He should have been Parker. a producer of like late seventies TV brought to you by D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wink Martindale production. Oh, uh fuck. God ruled. Do do you guys know um Liam O'Brien? He's on Critical Role, and I assume he's also on uh what was that show that they did that you liked, Mars? Vox Machina? Yeah. Oh, that's a good show. He was Vaxelden and Vorigal on Vox Machina. I don't know if those are like major characters. You're making those characters names up. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't, I don't remember those, but okay. Well, anyways, if you watch Critical Role, he is on all, like pretty much all those, I think. And he's Caleb Wittigast. Vaxeldan, same, same fucking dude and a lot uh of bees, that guy. i don't know he does he does a lot of fucking characters so uh, anyways he does uh in this now i went down a rabbit hole i gotta get back he liam o'brien does a few voices in this episode he did the bartender droid and a couple stormtroopers harry lloyd does the voice of captain man <laughs> both of them harry and lloyd harry lloyd what that's a dumb and dumber reference, man. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't get That's that. That's a dumb, dumb and dumber reference. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, he's done a lot of voice acting, but he's also been in some shows as well. He was in, he played, actually, he played uh, Charles Xavier in that TV show Legion. Did you guys ever see Legion on FX? No. Okay, well, he played uh, Professor X on that. And what else? I don't know. He's in the movie, the theory of everything he's, he's on some other stuff, but lately he's mostly done voice acting 
and uh, that's Harry Lloyd, Harry M. Lloyd. <laughs> um, he did the voice of Captain Man, which I believe that had to have been the the Imperial Captain. Yeah. Oh, that big fat douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who was fucking shame. swarmy as fuck. Yeah, he was. Shame. Yeah, a good villain. Don't empire shame me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was, the one thing they have landed the punches with in this show, man, is good imperial representation with the characters because uh, Hemlock and this guy and uh, some of the peripheral folks have been pretty awesome. In yeah, show overall. I so, think it's also that the highs of the imperial villains are very high. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're like all visually iconic. Like the, the kind of most, like if you look at one of the more boring ones, it like that, like who doesn't have a lot of accoutrements, that's Christopher Lee. You know what I mean? Who, like, <laughs> I know, his, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, like it's, it's tough to, you know, you know, to compare, like, and yeah. now we yeah. have like, like live action, you know, Thrawn, like, like sucking everybody else's. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, now. Entire galaxy. Uh, There was also another critical role actor who also did did stuff. Did you the blue dick at the glory hole the other day? What? What? (laughs) I could have sworn it it was Grand Admiral, but I don't know. (laughs) He might have just been constricting the blood flow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You were joking it. You were having a hallucination. Thought might it was a just, guard state. Might have just been me in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> well, that thing uh, uh, turns blue if it doesn't get used, Mars. Yeah, which was true. Fall right I, off. I, it. I'm, I'm at, at 50 years old. I'm 100% in the Matrix. I need the blue and red pill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, more voices. Uh, this <laughs> so on the on Legend of Mo- of Mox Mox Vakina, uh, Vox Machina. He did Scanlan. Oh, yes. Scanlan! Yes. Um, nice. And he's on Critical Role. He plays Benicio Lorelei and Bunglestein Sprucenberg. Jesus Christ! All right. Fucking... So, anyways, that's Sam. Play? That's Sam Regal. Bumbleberg Stusenberg. Is that what you said? Uh, Bunglestein Sprucenberg. Bunglestein Sprucenberg. That's a fucking name, dude. <laughs> I want to shake the fucker who came up with that one's hand. Fuck. Well, I mean, since they play D and D characters, uh, you know, they're just making up characters. Yeah. But he plays. He plays the chatty alien. I don't know what character that was. That might have been the the one that played Omega in um in the in that yeah, game. That was. That was the well, wouldn't they call him a? Uh, yeah, we don't. I don't. There's no one else that fits the that role, so I think it was him. What about the maybe the kid outside the thing? Yeah. Uh, no, that was the street urchin from and Meg Marchand did that voice. But let's get through the fucking voices. We also had Gwen, <laughs> Gwendolyn Yo as as Nell say and uh, as the voice the great Jimmy Simpson as the voice of Doctor Royce Hemlock. This dude's delivery, man, is knocking it out of the park. Like he's he's, got, so, he's he, so good. He's got Thrawn vibes because Thrawn delivering things so coldly and calculating. He's got that different way. Yeah, you know? he 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 adds so much life to this character. It's it's kind of crazy to me. Like 
I mean, there's great voice. There's been great voice actors throughout Star Wars for sure. And I'm not saying he's like, you know, one of the best, but he's definitely in the upper echelon. Like he brings a different dimension to this character of Hemlock. He reminds me of the John Wick Four villain that uh, Starscott played there. Oh yeah, Bill, Billy, Billy yeah. Boy. Yeah. Speaking of which, I don't want to get us off yeah, track. Don't do it. Did you see? Right back on music, dude. Don't do it. Sam. Okay. Okay. All right. Sam. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, I know and... you do. I know you do. All right. So yeah, just wait to the end. It was All right. Part of news. So we'll get off on another music tangent for the last ten minutes. Yeah. All right. So a different approach. Uh, the synopsis: Stranded in dangerous territory, Omega and Crosshair must work together. So, first impressions. Um, did anyone watch this super early? I did because I had to leave. All right, go for it, Rock. Early. Give us the first impression. Lay it on. I watched it. Does that count? Just go. <laughs> okay. All right. Honestly, just going to say what I said last week, and they didn't drop the ball with the fourth episode. Like this was engaging. This is showing me the maturity in Omega that would have made me enjoy her had they started this transition sooner with her. Like there's a different angle to her. She is not annoying me. We are now four episodes in, and I have not wanted once to strangle this bitch myself. So that is saying a lot considering my feelings on this character, especially through season two not ever showing any signs of growth. We're seeing that now. And I think them pairing her with fucking a whole episode of, you know, bridging the fucking crosshair is coming across and hitting a little harder because it's going to be her that fucking talks them into letting him back in because the, the final scene in this episode. So this one actually hit me just as hard as the other three. So... Uh, two thumbs way up my own ass, and uh, there you go. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, how about you, Mars Man? You can go next. I liked it a lot. Um, I was sort of – I'll tell you the one little thing that, like you had said earlier, where you've been the whole time, Bad Batch. Like, they did the unthinkable for this show, Show Bible, where they cut to what other people were doing multiple times. Thank you. Which I was like, I was like – it's like, what are you fucking like? Why are you just now figuring out that the villains and the heroes can be in the same episode if they're not in the same room? Like, yep. I, yep. I, I was, I was super happy with it. I liked at the end, uh, you know, tugged on my heartstrings some, oh, and God, I think yeah. that, uh, you know, and I think um, I was nervous at first because I thought that they were going to try to give us another. And, and they did in a way, but at least they got to where they were going. Another kind of subversive. Um, <laughs> but there was uh, chain codes, man. There was chain <laughs> codes. <laughs> there were chain codes. I thought about it. <laughs> another, another, another subversive. Uh, you know, like, like, like side trip. You know what I mean? Like, right. I uh, when it when they crashed, I was like, can we just get to like, the fuck it where we're fucking going here, people? Like, but. Nope, I was happy with it. Good episode. Um, Alberto, what do you think? <laughs> Back on the chain code. Back on the chain code, gang. <laughs> Breaking the chain codes around you. Yeah. Do all, all sorts of fucking chain code songs. Don't. Right. And you never oh, the break fucking... the chain. Yeah, I was just about to say Fleetwood Mac's got one. <laughs> never break the chain code to code to I code. Hate, I, I will hate chain code forever. 
<laughs> Wait, what do you uh, so Mars if 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 they were physical entities and uh, you could put chain codes and um, uh, holy shit, I forget the uh, M count. What's the M, M word? Uh, Metachlorians. Yeah, well, if you could put him in a in a fight, who would win, Mars? Metachlorians. Metachlorians would be chain codes. Yeah, it would be like in the in the, in the classic book. <laughs> Metachlorians yeah, versus chain codes. That's a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like in the in the classic book that we had to read in grade school. Johnny Tremaine is they side bod from the uh, hero with a bronze hand to go show how they made American currency. Like unnecessary. He lost me six words ago, dude. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Uh, what's you, what's your make you automatically forget Johnny Tremaine when you go over the Canadian border? <laughs> what's um what's your midichlorian count, Mars? Um, it's very high. My my it, it it's why my hair fell out. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Midichlorians versus chain codes. That, that might be a contender. We keep we keep getting in. Uh, we keep the, our town, your former town, keeps getting in trouble because there's too much uh, metachlorins in the water. <laughs> they leave like a little bottle on the porch every couple of weeks. That mm-hmm. looks like the, the bottle you would pee on, pee in. Uh, they they wow. leave it out for Satan Claus. And we have to take, we have to test, you know, give it to them to test the water. And then they send us and say, still too many metachlorins. <laughs> well, that's what I say it is, but they're saying something else. But I've been drinking this shit for 20 years. <laughs> All right. So, did you finish your first impression, Mars? Yeah. Yeah. You did? Okay. So, mine, I fucking love this episode. Like, that's what basically what I said earlier. Where the fuck have you been? Like, yeah. this was so compelling. And, at the end, it fuck like I fucking cried. <laughs> like I was like, that's because you're how? a bitch. <laughs> well, I, hey, if that's what makes me a bitch, I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm proud enough to admit it. Like this tugged on my heartstrings. Like I was getting choked up seeing fucking. And you guys are right. One of you guys said, I don't remember who, but one of you guys said that it was going to be Wrecker first, right? That saw her. Yeah. Um. Or no, I think we just said what what it was going to be like when they first see each other. Yeah, yeah. Saw him first, but, but yeah. that um, man, that scene fucking had me, and it's great because they 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 have been apart. It's only been like what, so four episodes this season. I don't remember how long they were apart last season. Was it in the last season? I mean, the last episode that they got. They got captured at the end of last season. Okay. And apparently, it's been a few months. Okay, so it all went down. So, so really, I mean, in terms of like view viewership, I mean, it's been about a year since the since you know roughly maybe maybe a little less less than a year, but um, but I feel that that payoff was was great. I think they did a great job with it. They didn't in the past. I feel like they would have teased it. And had it be yeah. like a, a fucking ambush and then here's, something here's like that. The, here's the thing. I completely agree with you, but how much more would this like? I, I think the reason I didn't quite get choked up is we've spent like literally a whole season two not giving a fuck about the main characters. If they had done this job through another season where we I was a little more emotionally tethered to what the fuck Wrecker and Hunter got going on. 
it probably would have hit me that big. I mean, it still got me because, yeah, we want to see the story of the thing, but had they given us more to care about these characters, this would have been super impactful. This would have been this this would have been Kane and Jairus saving Hera and Ezra. I want to see the adolescent child. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what got Mars on the list. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to see the adolescent child. (laughs) For no nefarious purposes. (laughs) Yeah, I I was actually just about to write that down as a potential episode title, but I don't know. (laughs) Out of context, that's not a good idea. I would like to see the adolescent child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's one of those things that might get lost in translation yeah. between here and the written word yeah uh, and it's going on the internet so you have that later yeah. around forever when yeah. the cops come ask you about something else no big deal <laughs> did you write this back in 2024 <laughs> um, I did but let me explain yeah, context it's not what you think <laughs> I never tossed off my <laughs> I never tossed off oh god um yeah but i i mars got really quiet there during this conversation yeah he he doesn't want to you know it's in his uh it's in his contract as a as a as a priest who diddles that he can't comment any further finish you on the floor technically (laughs) so other like i think they nailed that the reunion i think they fucking nailed it it was done perfectly and they didn't tease it they didn't diminish it and like i feel like like i said in the past i I feel like they would have had like an ambush and it was just some rando fucking people not even the empire that ambushed them and it's going to take them three more episodes to like even yeah to get somewhere so this totally worked for me i i love the like it seems so fresh to have omega and crosshair I I love the two of them together and I love that Crosshair at this point is is kind of a, a defeated man in in a way like he's still yeah. you know a, a, a soldier but at this point he he turned on his his family essentially his brothers and his sister and joined the empire and the empire just fucking threw him out like you know dirty fucking diapers right <laughs> Out. Tried to kill him, basically, and Mars, Mars keeps all of his. <laughs> Is that true, Mars? <laughs> Do you reuse them? He, he's got them all over the mantle, wait, like wait, Mars. Head. Don't don't answer if it's true. <laughs> okay, I guess he reuses them. So uh, there you go. <laughs> you think you fell asleep? Died? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, fuck! You get a juice box. Trying to stay awake. You, get a, you guys I took too many drugs. <laughs> so my, my edible's kicking in now, so fucking I'm good. <laughs> so um was I was I saying uh oh the yeah, so and I thought that this I like the interaction between them and I love when Omega tried to bribe the uh the ticket taker. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was yeah. fucking awesome and like, yes, we had like a side quest because she had to get 30,000 credits, but it resolved like quickly. There's no reason for that to go any further than it did. They had a side quest. It resolved in five to seven minutes or whatever it was. And um, 
and then we got the introduction of this pretty cool um, the captain who he came to me. He kind of came off more as a moth, didn't he? Wouldn't wouldn't moth um, be well, sort of the ruler? Getting that because he is he is a he is a, a, a overseer of that planet. So I don't know if he's a governor. He's not a moth, but he's a governor, and that's the next stage below getting promoted. So yeah, he's still got that air. Of- he was listed. He was listed as a captain, so it's possible that he just took his, you know, his 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 role f- further than it than it should allow. Oh, you yeah. know, like that's totally within the realm of uh, possibility for the empire. So that would make sense. But yeah. I I I dug that interaction. I loved how tense that scene was when they were playing, and then when um, Omega One was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Like they did, they finish and they got away, and then you know, oh wait a second you were illegally gambling. That's going to be 10,000 credits. You know, like I love the fucking, um, well, that just the, the nickel and diming of like how fucking much of an asshole he is. And, and the empire in general. And I think Mars will agree with this too. And you brought it up. Uh, but in the technical term, what made this episode great too is they were hitting all the beats. Everything was happening at a pace that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. nothing felt rushed. They were giving you enough, but it kept moving, which has also been a problem with the show, especially in the last season is they tend to draw out things that have no consequence in the first fucking place. So it's like, who gives a fuck? And why is it taking so long to right. get past right. it? Whereas this, the, all four of these episodes have hit on all cylinders and this one is perfect showing the series of events that finally gets them back where they need to be by the end of one episode like you said not dragging it out for three or four because they got on a side quest that makes no fucking sense but they hit all the beats perfectly no scene outstayed its welcome Mm -hmm. yeah no i totally agree and even when they went to get um to save batcher i could see that scene taking you know, like one whole episode or something. And, yeah, right? and I really liked how that scene played out. It, it, it moved at a good pace and I loved the way they did it with like all the animals just fucking charging and like it made it super chaotic and, and uh, right. it looked awesome. Like I thought the animation, just seeing all those different animals looked really cool. The animation this season is also, yeah, it's been great. They've, they've really just honed this clone wars era style into something magical. Yeah, uh, this there's so much good going on in in, in this episode, and I Let's come back to the animation for a second. I do feel like uh, <laughs> yes. what's her name? You sound like Amber. you came running out of the other room. I know. <laughs> uh, the hound there, like I feel Badger. like he always he always looks a little not done. Really. Yeah, hmm. uh, he is a little too clean. I think is that what you're trying to say? Because he does have very clean angles, and nothing looks like uh, jutted fur and stuff. He looks very yeah. There's just not as much, you know. Yeah, it I doesn't look that. like it's minimal to the point that it doesn't look like it belong in the same frame as like a gritty street or those guys yeah. in the stolen clothes. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I haven't like focused in on it as uh, too much. <laughs> Um, for me, I guess I didn't notice, but, um, I think it's just, could just be a stylized kind of deal where, you know, you're right. Like they went to go with a certain art style with it and didn't necessarily mesh well with, with the characters, you know? 
Mm-hmm. It's still a neat design, though. I do actually enjoy. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the newer creatures we've had that I actually think looks sleek. Like I would like to have that as a pet in a game. I actually really like Batcher too. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. In such a short amount of time, I think they've made a a pretty cool character that obviously doesn't talk. It, it emotes. It makes noise, and but point. And this is the point. Is like, look at how good they're doing this. They brought in a new character that we just accept in just a couple right, of episodes. True. Yeah, in and, previous and seasons, not, I don't think they would have had done well, it that way. Well, they yeah. used the Omika and and uh, Crossfire. Crosshair. Crosshair. Crosshair dust. Like those are the people we care about. It's like you know when you want to get a guy over in wrestling, you stick him with the band. Right, right. With the group that you want to stick a band on tour with, like another popular band. Like, yeah, we three. certainly right. wouldn't care that much about that animal who's moping around with those other two, just wandering around space. Oh, true, yeah. yeah. But no, this is this is what the show does good. It's like I've always said, you know, what Filoni did great with Clone Wars and Rebels and, and all the such was he was able to give you everything you needed to know what the fuck was going on without slowing things down and did it in a way where it wasn't force feeding you. Because he's the anything. fucking boner master. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This these four episodes. You learned a lot about making and writing in four hundred years. When four hundred years you become. <laughs> I was going to uh, but but th- this is <laughs> but this is the thing, man. Is like this these four episodes of Bad Batch. I would I would put these up next to some of the better things they've done in Rebels and Clone Wars. Easy. This is what we should have. If this show had been this, out. You know, from Jump Street, I know we thought we were getting this because of the first two-parter episode when it all first started, but yeah. it didn't. If it had been more of this, then I would be such a huge Bad Bat fan. Yeah. I, I The thing I'm not sure of, and, you know, clearly they had said, we read this last week in the news, that they had always planned this to be three, th- three seasons. They were hoping it would get three seasons. And so I wonder how much of this is all planned and how much is, you know, they were just kind of finding their way with the show in the first season and then a little bit in the second. And then now they're like, Oh shit, we got to wrap this up, (laughs) you know? And now they're like, okay, it's going to hit on, on all cylinders, you know, because you got to wrap it up and you got to tell a story. And I'm sure there's a lot of beats that they need to hit because a lot of these characters don't exist in any other star Wars um, shows or, or properties. So how, how is this going to make sense? You know, that's the thing I'm most interested in is, you know, I could see, I could actually see, um, Omega sort of almost being raised descendant in some, some form or fashion, you know, it might be a stretch, but it's not out of the realm well, of possibility. Well, we do know that Palpy's kid is a clone, or he was. Oh yeah, no, I know. Those, those it, it does line up with yeah. how she could be, how she is, and maybe she's not an actual, you know. I mean, it could be part I, of her DNA, and maybe that's why Ray is more powerful. Maybe and, Palpy never fucked anybody, and it was it's a clone. And tell. it's you're not. It's not impossible that Omega anyway shows up, right? Oh yeah. You know, Omega would be the right age to be involved in something in the Mandalverse. Um, yeah, maybe, she maybe, she would maybe, be 
in forties at that point, I think. But the thing is, where has she been? That's that's what they need to explain. That's that's one of the big problems that they have with this, and why a lot of people are like, eh, like these, like we always have to keep coming up with excuses for why these characters weren't involved in the main saga. Now, granted, you can you can easily just write them off because they're not part of the story. That's you know, if they're not on these planets and they're not in the rebellion or the empire, then of course they're not going to be involved in the main Skywalker saga, you know, episodes four through six. Um, but you know, when they refer to a lack of Jedi and there's, you know, Ezra Bridger's running around the galaxy, I know some people that really rubs them the wrong way, even though he was in a different dimension, it still rubs people the wrong way, you know? So, I mean, I get it, but you have to be creative with this in a way that doesn't insult the intelligence of the fans. And Ahsoka's not a Jedi via semantics, really, too. Right. But you would think at that point you would wonder where she was. Right. Where you know? Of, yeah. You know? So it's just one of those things. I mean, I personally like it because I like seeing these characters interact with some of the main characters and some of the tertiary stuff like this or, uh, you know, Clone Wars or Rebels or whatever. Like, I like seeing those cameos and I like seeing them, you know, bump elbows with with other characters here and there, uh, you know, but just just as cameos. I mean, what sort of hamstrung them is that we know where all their contemporaries are as far as like the other characters on Clone Wars and right. stuff like that. So, like, it's not like it like you could tell Princess Leia's stories during uh, during the Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you knew where, you know, you knew where she was at that time and stuff like that. But like, you know, we're talking about you know, people being babies and stuff like that. So, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's so, you know, they're going to have to stick this landing, you know, and that's always been sort of a challenge for all the shows, but especially I think this, this show in particular, and typically they have stuck the landings for the seasons. I would, I, I, you know, will admit that, but this is the end of the series. And I mean, it's possible that all these characters die. I doubt it, (laughs) you know, but um, that is a possibility. And, you know, I think they're doing a, I think we're going to lose at least one or two of the, of the clone force 99. Well, I've got, a, I've got a running bet with my wife on this actually, because we had that discussion too about, yep. uh, you know, who's going to go out before it's over. And we were bringing up people who haven't been brought back up yet in this final season, which is like, we all know that echo fucked off with fucking Cody and Rex to go, fuck some shit up for the empire. Yep. And I would say that we we're still, they never lean on him heavy. He shows up from time to time and we didn't know much about what happened after everything fell. But I think Cody is not long for this world. For some reason, I just got this thing that, you know, they're going to show back up at some point and Cody's going to end up going out. Ain't going out like that. Ain't going out like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cody. Oh, by the way, just putting it out there. So I watched a couple movies this weekend. 
uh, of the DC variety. I watched Blue Beetle and watched Aquaman. Aquaman, don't Aquaman bother. Aquaman dose. Yeah, Aquaman and not so much. But Blue Beetle was actually pretty good. It's formulaic as fuck, but it's actually on the good side of the formulaic. Mm-hmm. And that kid, that kid from um, Cobra Kai, is fucking fantastic as Jaime. But uh, uh, it's really pretty good. But there, it, it is worth it for nothing else. There is a fight sequence, and I know you guys like hallway fight sequences. There's a hallway <laughs> fight sequence with Cypress Hill. That's all I'm Oh, that's pretty say. good. Okay. Mars, did you see Blue Beetle yet? I can't remember. No. Like, Tiny what? and I like, didn't get to the theater, but we, we bought it on a Voodoo right away, and, I, and neither of us have watched it. Oh, that's funny. Mars? I know you're a big a fan Ted, of uh, Ted, Ted, Ted Cord. Cord. Yeah. And if you are, you got to watch it. I did not think that we were going to see so much Ted Cord as we do in this um, fucking movie. Spoiler. Fuck. I'll tell you this, I know where I know what's gonna happen to at least some of the batch. Not Omega, but they're gonna go to back to that planet and kind of become farmers. Yep. Like uh what's oh. his name? We've been talking about it a lot, like getting out of the war. Yeah. And, Hunter. And, like he sent those kids, like yep. um that's what I well, think. I don't know. Here's uh, that that is a good out. That, though. Yeah. What if what if Hunter doesn't make it? That's what everybody goes and does because that's what Hunter wanted to do. So what if Hunter Yeah, either either way I could see that too. That's the that's the '70s like uh, quasi like nihilistic uh, <laughs> poetic version of it. The, yeah, the, right. Yeah, the uh, Francis Ford Coppola version. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it'll be All interesting. Right, well, to, good it'll be interesting to see what what they're gonna do for sure because it's. I mean, uh, we don't need to be talking about the end quite yet, but you know, like I th- I think they're the urgency is there and I think that's coming through and that's why it's been so good because they have to get to a certain point. There's no, you know, like there's no fixing it after the seasons, after the series is over. Like that's, I mean, they could always do another thing, but like they have to stick the landing and we have to know where these characters end up. So that's going to be tough and they're definitely hurtling towards this sort of, you know, big finale moment. So yeah, I'm super curious to see where they're going to end up with it. And, and I don't think they ever get Omega's blood because I think that's why Snoke looked kind of all fucked up. Well, they did. I mean, they had a sample. I don't know if they could even do anything with that. But yeah, they had that one okay. sample that tested, that tested, you know. Well, it's a good chance to what we're seeing with, um, with um, um, uh, oh, God, what's the fucker's name? The Mandalorian, the fucking scientist there. Um, Pershing. Pershing, that might be where Pershing comes in later too. As I thought about that, you know, if they didn't get a full sample, they would definitely get somebody on board who would try to synthesize it, make a synthesized version mm-hmm. of what they had, and maybe that's why the Snokes were all fucked up. Yeah, Theoretically, yeah. This is ending at a time that you know the arc of the show Bad Batch ends up in time. But now we're going to get skeleton crew that we don't know anything. True. You know, so that could have, you know, we know, we know that it's in the Mandoverse timeline. That's the only thing we right. know. It is in that timeline, but that's all. Right. But, you know, you might get an old man hunter or an Omega or someone, yeah. you know, you I have the feeling as they wrap up, you know, it's going to be tough for, uh, Filoni and Mikey to uh, 
to not throw in everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be, yeah. I'm curious where it's going to go. Yeah, like they do have my curiosity up, exactly what you just said. So yeah. I'm going to give them credit where credit is due. I know that I have been suckered in before, so I'm not going in blindly accepting but, this. But this is the best run, I think. Uh, this is the best consecutive four episode run. I mean, I still think that the first season, that first opening sequence of events, had us jacked to see where it was going. Um, but then started to falter, and two is really the one that kind of stuck some nails in the coffin for me. So the fact that I'm as jazzed as you are, Johnny, mm-hmm. and I think Mars is as well, to see where it all ends is a testament to how strong these first four episodes are. Because I checked out by midway through season two and really was not giving a fuck. Yeah. And we just wanted got, like crosshair solo that. episodes. That's like really while we were right. fucking pulling for it. Right. So they got my fucks back right now. So <laughs> don't drop the ball, guys. Don't don't drop the fucks. <laughs> don't drop the fucks. <laughs> Dude, that would be a hell of a good song. Don't drop the fucks. <laughs> I only have so many to give. <laughs> Yeah. Put the fucks in the coffin with the nails. Yeah. Yeah. Put the fucks in the coffin with the nails. Yeah. Fucks in the coffin with the nails. Yeah. Let me, let me get be real on the phone, man. I'm sure he's on cameo for like five bucks. <laughs> now, nah, man, B, B had a good run with fucking um um uh what was the Tom Morello jam the uh, uh Prophets oh, of Rage? Oh yeah 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 something like that yeah yeah. Chuck D and be real fucking Tiago went to that show, man. He yeah. Fucking said it was dope as fuck. Show me some videos. <laughs> yeah. So be real. Don't, don't be knocking B, man. I ain't. Knocking B. Ain't knocking me. <laughs> don't do <drop> fucks. <laughs> you got to watch Blue Beetle for that fight. So you do with Cypher Sills. What? Huh? B. B? B? Yeah. Be real from Cypress Hill. Yeah. I don't like Cypress Hill. <laughs> what? <laughs> How can you not like Cypress Hill? If I answer, we won't be friends anymore. <laughs> or if he answers, it'll take an hour <laughs> to get through. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, everybody likes what they like. So, you know, rock on with just put yourself. I'm just, that seems like a curious one for you to be. Don't drop the books. Don't drop the ball. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think we pretty much covered most of this. Oh, I, I do love, uh, I don't think we specifically brought up this part, but I loved when uh, Crosshair said, fine, we'll do it your way or you know, whatever he said. And then yeah. when, when, uh, Omega was like, all right, let's do it your way. And he's like, yeah, when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't drop a fox. <laughs> when the Here's shit the fucked the up thing. It was a great classic buddy cop comedy. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. 100%. And here's the thing, too, is like uh, they managed in, what was it, the first or second? I think it was the first episode where you sort of see the state of where Crosshair is about everything, where he's just beaten, like you said, and he's given up and just mm-hmm. fucking whatever, man. I'm just going to rot in the cell. Fuck it. I'm done. Um, but the other aspect to him too is, you know, they've brought up the fact that, you know, he's got, whether it be nerve damage or PTSD, yeah. he's got that shake and his yep. whole thing is he's a fucking, you know, he's fucking sure shot, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> bad, bad. She's rocking sure, the sure shot. shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're getting all the fucking, yeah. Play that on the fucking uh, Slitherhorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, it just adds to, you know, his psychological situation right now. And I really, I would have to say, I think... Out of all the moments where you see characters have their bonding moments, and we've seen it with the way, you know, Omega has bonded with, you know, Wrecker and her relationship she has as a father figure for Hunter, you know, Wrecker's like her big brother and the way she was with Tech and stuff, and even Echo to a lesser extent. But it's nice that the bonding moment they showed between Crosshair and her culminates with that scene you were talking about before. I really... Mm -hmm enjoyed when she was playing cards and just yeah. him sitting in the back yeah. like even hurting the dog back over when the you know the commander was like that thing had to be staring at me fucking um that whole scene with crosshair watching how much she's evolved because he's been gone she was a kid they broke out of community when it was all said and done like you know he doesn't have that gravitas with her so this bonding time between crosshair and omega i feel is some of the better bonding content we've seen with this team because you know even to the point where omega is no longer that kid that's like well i'm going to follow you because you're the now she was like literally you know what no if you want to fucking go you go but i'm not letting fucking batcher fucking yeah yeah get fucked up which by the way props to her because i would totally be like yeah you humans can go fuck off i gotta go save the dog man um i can't <laughs> but you know this whole thing with them is some of the better bonding shit they've done in the show between main characters. And this is what I wanted more. If you were going to do the bonding stuff, I want stuff like this in the midst of situations that matter. If they're a military unit and they're being the A team or the dirty dozen or whatever, it needs to be situations the whole way through like this, where the imperative of us not just being a team, but being the only ones we can count on and being family is more important to survival than anything else in this situation. And they've done that better in one episode. Well, technically more than one episode, but really in this episode, driving home that Omega and Crosshair are learning to respect each other in, in, yeah. in, in a serious under serious circumstances. And the, like you said, the, the gravity of what was going on and the weight of what all matters and hinges right now culminated so well in a four episode run with this episode so yeah and so now i think it'll be interesting next week because um that is if they decide to focus on the storyline and we could always get something something else or you know who knows maybe we could get a fucking i would love to see a rex and uh uh tech oh uh echo sorry <laughs> rest in peace tech <laughs> yeah god I'm damn it man yeah dead. we could get an uh an echo and rex episode potentially where they're gonna meet up that might be cool um but if they continue with this story thread i mean this is going to be interesting because now the batch i mean crosser has to go with them you know like if he wants to yeah. live um yeah <laughs> if he wants to live he has to go with them so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all shakes out and uh, just the way they're fucking staring him down. Um, I, I actually forgot what the last interaction was between them all. Um, do you guys remember what the last interaction between Crosshair and the Batch was? Yeah, last season. Uh, 
when he um because crosshair went to jail because he executed the commander of that thing we actually yeah. saw him start to yeah turn. but he let the batch go away. remember yeah he let the batch remember, go and then he he assassinated the and he's like no, i'm crosshair <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he basically turned them down when they tried to give him an out and he just that's right okay executed that fucking he executed that governor and then he went, yeah, yeah, then he went awesome. back to work for a while and then he went to that uh, that ice station where Rachel lied to us and said it was a good episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think it's just sum this all up so we can move on with it. Is like so far, season three is really looking like we're gonna get that thing we love about Filoni animation within the Star Wars universe. I'm open. Like I said, I'm still very skeptical. But I think we're all feeling that it has potential to do that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying this season so far, and I truly hope it doesn't let up. Like, I, I just please keep stepping on the gas because this has been great. And I like the characters. That's the thing is like all along the show should have been fucking good. Yes, but but the problem is they just it just just wasn't hitting hitting on all cylinders there was moments and there was episodes that were really strong you know like i think the highs in the bad batch are incredibly high but the lows are incredibly low and the, and then everything in between is 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 below mediocre you know what was that mars it just kind of shuffled along you know like it 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 didn't ever have any urgency right it felt like nothing they did was under the guise of being sought after hunted or fucking a necessity to stop bad things from happening it just yeah. was like oh well, let's go wander off in indiana jones to hopefully make some money but now we'll get ripped off by this elderly transocean bitch because we're too stupid to understand how crime works and uh yeah, we'll just loiter around and linger around and fucking let other fucking clones run off and do important shit like fucking spy on and possibly sabotage locations of imperial intent. Yeah, but we'll just go hang out in the galaxy with this kid and fucking hang out on an island planet, and get high with a fucking Wanda Sykes and you know <laughs> whatever. That sounds like a fucking dream to you. I mean, that's the way I would do it, but I'm not in the Bad Batch, am I? No, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Yeah, you're not a fucking clone. Yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> well, you do age pretty quick, so. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, was, pretty quick. That was that was mean. That was mean. I'm gonna come down to where you work and slap the dicks out of your mouth. When they, you're gonna come to my they house. They Rocky. They broke the mold. No, wait. They used broken mold. That's what <laughs> no, it was made of mold. Yeah, who's yeah, broken and mold. made in mold. <laughs> <laughs> you merely grew the weed. I was born into it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, so I can't wait for next episode. Uh, what'd you think, Alberto? Oh. I think I want to go stick my dick in a frosty. <laughs> if I know it's going to be that kind of episode, I'm going to stick my dick in the frosty. In the French fried potatoes. <laughs> because you can't, you won't, and you don't stop. <laughs> All right, so if next I, week. It's going to be that kind of episode. I would have stuck my dick in the calamari flare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that when we sign off. <laughs>
Shit, I'm doing it now. Who am I lying? All right, next week, episode five. Will Let's, this be the one that proves us wrong in our hopes? And so dreams? it's called The Return. Any Uh-oh. thoughts? Because you well, actually, Rocky, didn't you say you had a thought about what a different approach was going to be? Was that you that said that last week? I had mentioned the episode uh, title and you said, oh, I think I have a feeling of where they're going with that. Uh, it's possible, but I don't remember. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> what about the, the return? Any any thoughts? There's only one return. And it's of the Jedi, not of the king. I'm going to say tech. Well, he's dead. No, please don't. <laughs> tech, you mean come back from the dead? Or or do you mean yeah, Echo? He never died. He used some of his James Bond bullshit to, to live. <laughs> so you think I it really will be Tech, not. though? Yeah. Do you want to know who I think it might be? Who? Because he hasn't been talked about since... He hasn't shown up since season one. Um it might be time for Tarkin to poke his head in the door and see what the fuck's going on. I don't think that warrants uh, an episode title called The Return, though. Might be The Return of Ventress. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot she was in the trailer. And also, they did mention that on this upcoming um, that, oh, it was, uh, what's his face? Uh, Hemlock, he said, order get in touch with our agents or, or tell the agents or something like that. So I have a feeling yeah. it's going out to like bounty hunters. Bounty and hunters. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I think, uh, it could be, I, I, that was a good call Mars. I actually didn't think we would see Asajj Ventress this soon. Uh, so you could be right. I was thinking Cad Bane or, um, uh, Fennec Shand. At this point in time, too, Boba's rolling around with fucking Bane and fucking, um, um, oh God, what's her name? Big white head chick with the antenna sticking out of it. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, um, not Ayla Sakura. Oh, uh, man. Uh, starts with an A. A. There is some, doesn't it? Some unfinished cat. Or a thing. Or a thing. That's it. I was just looking it up. Yeah, you got it. Yep. What was that, Mars? Guys, there is some unfinished Cad Bane business. Between him and Phoenix Shand, yep. And Phoenix Shand, yeah. What Those were the best episodes about? of this whole fucking show. Right? Right? Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I mean, all the bounty hunters, me and my wife talked about it. I was over. I was like, after he said that, I was like, well, I guess we're going to start seeing the mercenaries getting pulled in to track these bitches now. Yeah, and, uh, I could. The one thing they, the one thing they also did is make it more intense. Why the Empire is now directly hunting them out? Like before, they were renegade clones just being caught up in the dragnet of whatever else is going on with clone issues. But now, with Omega's DNA being a thing, now they're a fucking target. So it's time to bring out everybody. Yeah. But another thing just came to mind. What? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the timing of this. Uh, I don't think the timing works out. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if Omega's DNA could have been used to create Grogu. No, I don't think they're going to do that. 
I think it's more likely your theory about her DNA DNA being tied into what keeps the Ray and Ray somehow. Yeah, I I think think Grogu was around at. Yeah, he was around during the Clone Wars. Yes. uh, uh, Yeah, that's. Yeah, stupid me. I, I, I completely. I don't know how I completely forgot about that, but yes, okay. Although it is possible, we don't know how old Omega is. Well, yeah, again, she was yeah, probably She's at old. that point because that wasn't so long after they found their way to. To, uh, I always want to call it El Camino. <laughs> uh, Camino, yeah. Um. But I think she's the same age as Boba because they would they wouldn't have got the DNA Boba. from Django. They wouldn't have got the DNA from Django pre the fucking Grogu either. Yeah. So it and it's possible. I mean, uh, you know, could just be trying to fit a fucking <laughs> big and a round bundle. <laughs> I was gonna use some uh, glory hole. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, but reference, but that works. Around glory hole, pal. <laughs> square dick and around glory hole. <laughs> Mars knows about that. I bet you he's got one of the triangular shaped dicks. <laughs> does your penis look like a box Toblerone? It, it, it does. Is that triangle? Triangular? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the triangle. <laughs> what the fuck? Love is of loving love. love. We just sang two different songs about love. How about that? Yeah. All right. Um, that's it. Next week, the return could be Asajj Ventress, could be Cad Bane, could be Fennec Shand, Alberto. could be Alberto, <laughs> could be uh, Loberto, could be someone else. Who knows? It could be Bars. Triangle dig, triangle dig. Triangle dig, rocky dig, son of a bear. I haven't heard triangle man forever. <laughs> uh, what was I going to look up? Um, so yeah, okay. I let me look something up. I want to just verify. You're going to look up. They might be giants and no, play particle man. No, no. Seriously, seriously, I'm not going to look it up. You know the song in and out. Particle man, particle man. That's Spider Man. You're singing Spider Man. I know. Mars <laughs> had the melody correct. Yeah. It's been so long since I've heard that tune, man. I used to love that video on fucking late night MTV stoned as fuck. I used to love when that song came on. <clears throat> that one, and I used to love the video for fucking Jerry was a Rooster Driver. <laughs> I always loved when I was stoned and you'd see the little fucking stop motion boat sailing on the cheese. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I'm looking for the list of episodes for this there season. There was a race driver. He drove so goddamn fast. Never did window checkered flag. And he never, never did come in last. Okay, so next, number one. next week we have episode five. 
the week after yep. we actually are getting two episodes. So March 13th, we're getting two episodes. I oh, think, really? I think that's because they're ending it. I think probably cause they're ending it, um, May 1st. So it's right before May the 4th. Gotcha. That that's my guess. But, um, so yeah, so next week, one episode, we'll do episode five and then the following week they're dropping two. We'll get six and seven and then they're doing, um, next, next the week after that eight week after that nine. And then we're getting 10 and 11 on the same day and then uh, 12 on separate week, 13, a separate week, 14 separate week. And then the season finale of 15 or series finale, I should say. So we got a couple weeks coming up where, uh, where there'll be two episodes dropping. That's on the March, March 13th and April 3rd. So, gotcha. all right. Um, are there any voicemails? Why? I'm trying to move this along. Fuck that. It's quarter to midnight. This is early for us. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You don't want to. Ours, ours is getting angry. You can hear him. Don't, don't, don't use him as, him as a scapegoat. Mars ain't your scapegoat. He's not Jack Perry, right, Mars? Sometimes, sometimes I use him as scapegoat. Sometimes I use him as fucking goat. Sometimes I use him as a fucking goat. It just depends. He's wow, multi- wow. He's like the Swiss Army knives of Orify. Of Orify. As in operating holes. I need it to go. Human mucous membranes. Uh huh. All right, news time. <laughs> <laughs> no voicemails. Good. I don't want to talk to the bitches anyway. There's yeah. There's no voicemails. Just uh, Shauna Turpich wins posthumous uh, posthumous. I always say that wrong. Posthumous <laughs> post <laughs> post posthumous. <laughs> that's, that's what happened after I went to the Greek restaurant. I was posthumous. <laughs> posthumous. <laughs> Oh, speaking of hummus, I've been eating so much hummus lately. We found, um, I don't, you probably, you guys probably don't have them up there in Canada. Um, but I know Mars knows Wegmans. Do you, do you guys have any Wegmans up there, Rock? I am not familiar with the brand. So okay. No. So it's grocery store. So anyways, it's a huge fucking grocery store. Um, who um, uh, always gets hummus, but I've never paid attention to what brand it is. Oh well, Wegmans is just a huge grocery store down here. I don't, I don't know. If oh you, yeah. Then so, anyways, they—I forget how big it is, but it is a fucking tub of hummus, and they have like, like what Mars used to get his fucking yogurt in, probably bigger. And it is like the most delicious roasted garlic hummus, like ever. And it's just by a like fucking supermarket chain. And we've tried, like, believe me, we've tried like tons of different ones and this one is the best and it comes in a huge fucking tub so i I went to i don't go there every week so i go there like once every two or three weeks so i went there um a couple days ago and i got like two huge fucking honking tubs of hummus that'll last well (laughs) probably a week but (laughs) it should last like three (laughs) you know what here's a little hummus (laughs) thing that i I don't know if you do it because i don't know what you're your bread eating is like if it any but anyway um instead of using the flat pita bread one day on accident i didn't have any and i wanted to eat some of the hummus was here because it was good and garlicky for me i fucking used uh indian naan oh yeah instead. that's probably really good yeah yeah and it, I love and it had a little bit of, yeah had a little bit of the garlic in that too so it with the hummus was fucking pretty pretty fucking fine it was very filling though i'm doing uh 
I'm probably mentioning this on the show, but I'm doing gluten free. Um, cause I think I have a sensitivity. So anyways, I found these really good wraps. Um, mostly that soft spot on your skull though. Yeah, probably. Yep. Um, and I've been, uh, we've been doing a lot of like hummus falafel wraps with like tons of oh, yeah. cut up veggies and fresh, like fresh tomato, onion, olives, what else? Uh, pepperoncinis just for a little bit of a little extra and, uh, pickles just fucking cut all that shit up, put it on a little hummus, a little falafel. Boom. Delicious. Boom. I feel like fucking Guy Fieri or whatever. Boom. (laughs) Or no, it was a Emerald, right? He used to do that. I have no idea. I don't watch those cooking shows. Well, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Oh, you're not American. That's what. <laughs> my wife watches the shit out of them. No, oh, okay. But usually when she's doing that, I've got my head and some headphones doing shit on the laptop. So I ain't paying attention. Ain't my thing. I'll look up if she's like, that looks good. I'll look at the finished project and be like, now my munchies are kicking in. I ain't watching <laughs> shit. So anyways. So what you're is you're like uh, itchy and you just watch porn in the middle of your living room while all the people are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, the closest that that has ever been the case is back when I was appearing on Johnny's other show and I had to do some Photoshop stuff. She did look over as I was creating fucking uh, Paul Lenz disembodied testicle. <laughs> the closest it has ever been to porn being watched the living room was when I was Photoshopping a giant testicle with hair. Well, I mean, that's what you do, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Who doesn't that? Nothing wrong with that. I mean, everyone does that, right? Yeah. Who doesn't Photoshop their genitals? <laughs> All right. Uh, posthumous. Uh, Shauna Turpich. Turpich. wins a posthumous costume designer guild award for her work in Ahsoka. So that's super sad, but uh, she did some fantastic work. So she should be uh-huh. recognized. All right. What else we got here for news? We have Hot Toys returns to the Clone Wars with a new Ahsoka Tano Padawan. Have you seen this, Rock? Uh, it's the one, the young Ahsoka as portrayed by Ariana Greenblatt. All right on. So they got a Hot Toys of her as Ahsoka, which is pretty cool looking. I'm actually kind of excited to see her in Borderline. I have... Oh, is uh, Tiny Tina, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, the trailer crazy. actually looks pretty fun. I'm I'm a little skeptical. Uh, Eli Roth has been way more missed than hit for me. Even, I haven't seen Thanksgiving yeah. yet. Um, uh, I'm actually going to pull the trigger on that this weekend. I showed that to my wife. I uh, really like it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. There was uh, Mars. Uh, there was one really funny scene in it that uh, our buddy Anthony sent me, uh, uh, like a a video of. It's when I guess these kids are going to a party, and this guy won't won't let them in because you know he makes like a reference about like he's like you know like it's like when uh, Black Sabbath kicked out Ozzy and then you know. And then had this no nobody Ronnie right, James right. Dio join and he fucking kicked ass and like and then they're like who who's Black Sabbath he's like go back to fucking Methuen kid <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that clip and I, I was laughing pretty good at that yeah, so yeah definitely like does some stuff that I've like 
uh, like never seen in a slasher before. Huh. So I appreciated that. So that's cool. I oh, love slasher cool. though, so I'm an easy mock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sending you guys in our chat uh, the picture of the Ahsoka one sixth scale collectible figure, um, the Ariana Greenblatt one. I don't need to see stuff I can't afford right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um, um, it says the, let's see, also the, cl- um, buh, 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 buh. oh, wow. That's a good face sculpt. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really good. What else they got? I guess that's it. That's the only, there's some theories about what else they might do. Uh, teases new Anakin. So it could oh, yeah. be the Anakin from that scene. I that was going to happen. I haven't seen really anything with new Hayden Christensen stylized anything. Which is surprising. Yeah. I mean, considering he's been in Obi-Wan, Ahsoka. Uh, those are the only two he's been in so far, right? I think now that they made that Ahsoka, it's almost obligatory. That that yeah. Related to that scene. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a whole group of there's a whole group of fans that didn't watch any of that animated stuff who so are just starting to discover these characters, right? Fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. I agree, but you know, I, more I would people. See my come... cousin in three years. My cousin Kevin's getting a lot of play in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Favorite Star Wars Rebels. That's wow. where it's at. And that dude's like a history teacher, so he's not a nerd like us. <laughs> he's a different kind of nerd. Now, Rebels is pretty much the pinnacle of modern Star Wars storytelling. For sure. That's, uh, I mean, Clone Wars was that for me, too, at the time it came out, but Rebels just amplified that to a new level. We just, I mean, but again, talking to easy marks, we just really like pirates. <laughs> yeah, which begs to fucking bring up the fact, is it not almost criminal that we have not seen a live-action fucking Hondo Anaka yet? Hondo Anaka. Because, I mean, he he is the greeter at Galaxy's Edge. So that it's kind of like... He's the greedo at Gal- Galaxy's Edge? No. Did, no, did he shoot first? <laughs> not the truth. Not the truth. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, here's another thing here. Asajj Ventress's lightsabers return in a new ornate limited edition box set on StarWars.com. Um, it says, uh, with the fan favorite character returning to animation, fans can collect her beloved lightsaber hilts in limited edition box set. StarWars.com announced the product in a news post showing off the dual curved lightsabers as well as the 2D Clone Wars inspired package it comes in. Uh, let's they are see. very sexy sabers. I yeah. know when, their hilt, when those hilts came out on uh, when I was playing the Old Republic back in the day when that hilt pack came out, dude, I was like, Yep, I'm spending real money for this stupid shit. Yeah. It says uh, fans can purchase the lightsaber hilts at Galaxy's Edge starting March 8th. It will then hit DisneyStore.com at a later date of March 11th. So it'll be available. It's limited. If So if you're interested, it's really it's cool. I mean, I've never bought any of these box sets, but it um, the box folds down so it's flat. Um, and then inside there's like a sort of like a, a silken sort of like case that holds the two sabers. Um, and it looks like you can actually combine them as well. So you can put them both together. So was that a sales pitch you have is really weird. I feel like I'm on most Eisley QVC. What is? 
<laughs> the sales pitch you oh. got going on. Now this, now this beautiful piece. <laughs> hey, well, only I, three it, left. Only if they want to throw me one for free, I guess I'll do. I'll fucking hype it up. <laughs> That's funny. They are very sexy saber hills, though. I have to admit. Sexy saber. I think they would fit up your ass just quite nicely, Mars. Uh, that's reserved for Boba Fett only. All right. Now there's only three left. <laughs> Going back. <laughs> if, and if you buy one now, you get a free use Boba Fett action figure straight from Mars's ass. But that's not all, folks. If you can make the re- <laughs> if you can make the rectal run in under eight parsecs, we'll throw in an extra one for free. The rectal run. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be the rectal <laughs> runs? <laughs> Mars made the rectal runs in uh, <laughs> in eight he seconds flat. Make it second seven parsecs. He made the rectal runs in uh, no time flat in those fucking jeans at uh, Old Navy. <laughs> if you can make the rectal run in seven prolapses, <laughs> <laughs> prolapses. Oh shit. Uh, what else we have for news? <laughs> he made the Rexel run under four prolapse. <laughs> under four prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch out for those folds in space and time, man. <laughs> Mars is like. Mars's ass is like the rectal TARDIS. Oh God. Does that mean everyone wants to go inside of it and take a picture? <laughs> oh, those those little uh, the the phone booths in uh, London. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. That's, that's the whole the thing about the TARDIS. You've oh, never watched God. Doctor Who? Well, I mean, not since fucking Tom Baker. So, well, that's the whole thing with Tom the TARDIS. Baker seasons on Tubi. Yeah, but literally, I haven't yeah. seen it since the eighties. That's what I'm saying. So the, the TARDIS's whole thing is it's a phone box on the outside, but inside it's this giant spaceship. It's things, it's Time Lord technology. Things are bigger on the inside. So hence his ass is the rectal TARDIS. <laughs> it's bigger on the inside. I got a tattoo in there that says no flash photography. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this thing smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> he, 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 he opened the first folder and it says Kilroy was here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I thought it smelled smell bad on the outside. Oh, fuck. It smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> that a cheeseburger? <laughs> cheeseburger. How did a whole cheeseburger get up this butthole? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it looks like um, there's still no news about an Acolyte trailer. However, I would not be surprised if we're looking at May the 4th. We might see some some stuff before then, but if they're going to drop it June, was it 5th or 7th or something like that? I could see. I mean, people are going to be excited about it anyways, no matter what. I think I bet you May the Fourth because they've been so quiet at cons and stuff lately. Yeah. I bet you this May the Fourth we're gonna get Andor season two trailer, Acolyte trailer, 
and the first thing we're going to see about skeleton crew trailer. Oh, we're not going to get an Andor. We're no, no, I don't think we're getting an Andor trolley. We may get a behind the scenes thing, but that's it. I think, Really? I think we will get a skeleton crew preview and I think we'll get an acolyte trailer. And who knows? Like the, it could be the reason why they're ending the bad batch right before May the 4th is because of that. Cause isn't, isn't that when celebration is, uh, uh, is it? Fuck. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. I think it's in, is it in Japan? Oh, it was in Japan last year. I thought, no, I think it was in London last year. <laughs> oh, you're right. It was London last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's in, wait. Oh, that's right. I think they're skipping years. Because this one says it'll be Japan 2025, April 18th to the 20th, 2025. Huh. So it looks like, are we not getting one in 2024? We might just not have enough shit done because of the. Yeah, it's right. And COVID and yeah, it says, uh, yeah, someone, um, the question I just found online, why is the next Star Wars celebration in 2025 instead of 2024? So, yeah, so there won't be in one this year. So it'll be, uh, they'll probably have, uh, you know, like stuff on Disney Plus. They'll probably drop uh, behind the scenes, maybe, uh, probably an Ahsoka, right? That would be the, an Ahsoka behind the scenes would be awesome. So, oh, the, um, yeah, the Disney gallery. gallery. Yeah, gallery there. So that would be cool. I'd be, I'd be down with that. Um, yeah. all right. What else we got here? Uh, the Mandalorian and Grogu will shoot in California for 92 days. And f- it says film gets one of the start st- the state's largest tax credits ever. Wow. That's uh, I guess I'm uh, ocean or having this blizzard. What? I said that they won't film it there if it's on fire or sinks into the ocean or has any other weird blizzard weather they've been having the last couple of weeks. Didn't Blizzard just lay a bunch of people off Mars? No, not that Blizzard. Oh. So. How, how, can, how can you get laid off of an ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure Mars can, can find out how to get laid off of an ice cream. <laughs> I'm sure up with an ice cream. Yo, baby, you have sprinkles with that. My urethra's clogged. That's all oh, I can do is sprinkle. They call me sprinkles down at the Y. <laughs> <Call> me... <laughs> at the Y? They call me Rusty Sprinkles. <laughs> rusty Sprinkles. <laughs> uh, call me Sprinkle, sprinkle Skywalker. <laughs> he used to be a professional racer winner of the name Dick Trickle back in the day. <laughs> Was that was that guy's name from the beginning? They call me Sprinkles Bumblekiss. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever that. Yeah, was. Oh yeah, that name was awesome. Uh, so now, this, this Sprinkles Bumblekiss. <laughs> I will throw in a uh, original macaroni art I made of uh, Reese's Teeth giving me a Blumkin. <laughs> I will. I will include macaroni art of George Lucas's goiter. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I use ZD for that pun. <laughs> Real rigatoni. <laughs> rigatoni. I, I used four I used 
four uh, shelves. No, I, you use those fucking uh, bird's nest like pasta things. <laughs> oh god! Are you talking about the angel hair pastas that look like they're in the little nests? Yeah, you're talking yeah, about? they're okay, called yeah. like bird nests or something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. Um, what else? I think that's oh. Um, let's see here. I think this is a new, what is this a book or uh, it's a new novel called star Wars, the living force. And, uh, I guess they released an excerpt where Qui-Gon challenges the Jedi council. And, um, the book takes place one year before the Phantom Menace and has been described as a road trip with all 12 members of the Jedi council. <laughs> Wow, that sounds fucking awful. <laughs> Their destination is Quen, home to an old Jedi outpost. Inciting this rare event is Qui-Gon Jinn, who challenges the council that the Order doesn't care about the people like it once did. So I'm looking at the cover. It's got like the film versions of these characters. So I see, Ma- I see Mace, I see Yoda, I see Yaddle, motherfucking Yaddle. <laughs> I see. I see that swarmy motherfucker, Kiati Mundi. When the clock <laughs> I see Plo Koon. There is a um. Uh, what the fuck is Nalise's race? The Kaminoans. Kaminoans. Yeah, there's a Kaminoan Jedi. Uh, well, there's something that kind of looked like that in Episode One. He's the character, and Alberto would probably remember his name. Alberto. Yeah, oh, um, I don't fuck. know if it's actually a Kaminoan, but it looks like that. And in the episode one, it was on the council and all the sh- pictures they were showing. Yeah, this. So these are all the ones from episode one because you know, obviously, um, it takes place a year before Phantom Menace, so it's got that. I can't remember all of their names. It's that weird fucking hairy one oh, with the long. With the, with the long fingers. Oh, okay. That's that's what it is. Um, with his, what's the Zabrak's name? That that dude that was like only in that one fucking movie, and then he was gone, oh, right? Plain faced one. Yeah, yeah. And then there's um, there's the one who looks like he's Yoda's race. He's got those ears on the side. The pink one. Uh, are you talking You're about Dick still or what? Know. What are we talking about here? Your Dick pink. <laughs> he's got like an eye patch or like a eye wound or something. He's got like a weird. Oh yeah, he looks like and he's flesh tone. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh god, what is his name? He was in an episode of the Clone Wars. Yes. What did they travel around in like a bus? <laughs> Come along and driving on the Jedi bus ride, rides. Was we there yet? Yes. <laughs> No, they come cruising in and it's like a fuck it's like the space Winnebago from Spaceballs and they're playing fucking holiday Ooh. Holiday Ooh. Before I forget my new pirate name is Rigging Tony. <laughs> Rigging Tony in my fucking in my pirate game. A good name. Rigging Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an Italian name too, isn't it? Yep. I'm gonna create that again. Thank you for that. <laughs> Tony. 
I'll right, tell I'm... you what, the only Star Wars I care about right now is I rewatched, I'd forget all about it, the uh, the bad lip reading. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's on back. So there's um, uh, Sacy, that's one of the characters, right? Sassy 10. Sassy? That's the iPad. <clears throat> iPad says 10. Okay. And then so there. Sassy 10 is no one. Oh, this is the dude, the flesh toned, weird, fucking one eyed, fucking Yoda dude. Uh, Peel, P I E L L, I think that's his name. Sounds right. Uh, Master Galia. Galia? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she'll still be alive. So. Yariel? Is Yariel the hairy fuck? So I'm just I'm literally looking through. It sounds like an internet abbreviation. Oh, ETH. Um, that's the Zabrak. Um, it's cough. ETH cough. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. cough. That's it. Fucking plocoon. Hair is. I I want to know. I don't see Kit Fisto here. Fuck this. Oh yeah, Kit Fisto wasn't in the first one, right? Uh no. All right. Well, no fucking Kit Fisto topless. No shirtless Kid Fisto. I'm out. I'm out, motherfuckers. <laughs> what? Squirtle going? Is he going? Squirtle? Yeah. Uh, well, how do we get to Pokemon all of a sudden? <laughs> we go. If I'm not mistaken, in the <laughs> comics, Ethcoth boy used to be with he used to run with. If I'm, um, Ethcoth was a uh, uh, buddy with um um. Um. Oh my God. Uh, oh Quinlan my Poss. God. Quinlan. Yeah, Quinlan yeah your boy. Your fucking boy. Yeah, Eth Koth was fucking. If I'm not mistaken, he was like. God bless you. One of those. Yeah. Eth Koth. Okay. Good week. Eth Koth. Eth Koth is what Rocky's Matt got. Hey, we you know what they say. Nope. You don't get off. You, you, you eat cough. <laughs> if you don't eat cough, you don't get off. <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes I hate this show. Sometimes I love it. <laughs> I don't know what tonight it's is. Like, sometimes <laughs> here. So, some, sometimes I tolerate it. <laughs> I have a belly <laughs> You need some yogurt. When was the last time you had a tub of yogurt? <laughs> you need those fucking... Uh, you need those cultures, Mars. The acidophilus or whatever. Like nowhere else. You need to be nowhere more cultured, Mars. Yeah. Nowhere else in the world but this show would you hear the uttered passing phrase and friendship. Like, when's the last time you ate a bucket of fucking yogurt? And it's just like. When's the last time you engorged anybody? on a disgusting amount of yogurt? <laughs> He fell off the wagon. The yogurt wagon. The yogurt wagon. Yeah. I got low shot plain. One yogurt. fell off of the yogurt wagon. Blueberry yogurt. <laughs> Thought I grabbed a tub of. Sorry, Jack Nicholson as old man Mars. But it was just low fat yogurt, so I gave it away. One fell off the give yogurt it away, wagon. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Here you go, kid. Have some yogurt. 
<laughs> One fell off the yogurt wagon. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, go now. <laughs> I can see Jack Nicholson playing Mars in a movie. All right, there's a little bit more news, and then we can go. Um, according to a new report from Popverse, I don't know what the fuck that is, voice actor James Arnold Taylor, who used to do Obi-Wan, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is hoping to make a miniseries that explores the backstory of young Ahsoka and Plo Koon. He also argues oh. that Plo Koon could still be alive in the Star Wars universe. All right, enough with the fucking <laughs> dead yeah, slash alive Jedis. We're stopping yeah. at Mace Windu. No one else is fucking. No, alive. we are stopping well before that. <laughs> I would Weird. prefer Plo You would what? Prefer Plo You would fur. You would pro. You you be a furry for him. Is that what I hear? I'll be a furry. I'll be for a furry you. for you, Plo <laughs> I'll be. That's like I'll tumble for you. Yeah, I'll furry for you. I'll furry for you. I will furry for you, Plo So, cryptic post from Ahmed Best suggests a possible Star Wars collaboration is in the works with Activision, and he say, suggests a possible collaboration between Star Wars and game publisher Activision. The post shows Best in a mocap suit and features Activision and various Star Wars themed hashtags, including one for Jar Jar and Kelleran Beck. So he he has the whole fucking mocap bit on, and he said, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Hashtag mocap, hashtag Star Wars, Jar Jar Binks, Activision Jedi, Sith Lord, Kelleran Beck. Sith Lord. What are they doing? A buddy cop movie? Well, I mean, Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, so. How is he now? I prefer the other actual canon. It was far sadder. So, yeah, he took a picture in the Activision offices. So. Oh, good for him, man. Proposed to Dunkin' Donuts that they use Papa Palpy as a, uh, like a spokesperson and and say, (laughs) do you want to be a Sip Lord? A what? A Sip Lord? A Sip Lord. (laughs) <laughs> you want to be a stifler? What? He, he has to have a, a fucking Boston accent, though. You want to be a stip a stiplerord? <laughs> I can't even fucking do it. As I, I can't even do either one very well. Unlimited Duncan boy. Unlimited sugar. And no him. coffee. <laughs> I, can I would love unlimited Duncan. You would fucking die. That's the thing that would kill you. Nothing else has, but Duncan doing its will. It would take a little longer though, because I've I've cleaned up a lot of ways otherwise. So. Yeah, but there's so much sugar in that shit. Mm-hmm. I I get a, so where it gives you the option of how much sugar to put in, I put in more. <laughs> yeah. It's a, how much more sugar? Exactly None more dog. sugar. Um, well, it's not more sugar, is it? <laughs> four sugars. You think I'm some kind of fucking amateur here? Four sugar and four scork. <laughs> he's got he's got a straw blowing. Four sugar, sugar and four donut. cups ago. <laughs> My sugar quits up. Forty diabetics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
with every free do with every thirteenth donut, we give you a vial of insulin. I need um, I need different macaroni to finish this macaroni out of Rocky. Give me a blumpkin. <laughs> what? A macaroni murder lady. Now. What? <laughs> macaroni murder lady. I was quoting uh the uh, Metalocalypse. Did you ever? Rocky was questioning what one of those things were. Oh. No. Um, did you guys ever see the episode of South Park where they did Tron? Nope. I don't know. I saw like the first season, maybe some of the second. So I saw the first episode. There's like uh, the NPC. Oh yeah, we. I think people made you watch that Mars, right? We watched it together. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the NPC. This whole Tron thing happens at a. Jewish summer camp and mm-hmm. the NPC Cohen shows up as sort of like uh, the spirit of Moses kind of thing requiring it's his his sacrifice and the thing and his sacrifice is macaroni pictures so every time you keep saying that I just keep hearing the voice they gave to the NPC Cohen you shall bring me macaroni pictures <laughs> oh shit well, this one will make him happy the likeness is uncanny of the pooper me of the no poop. poop. No poop the is the poop. The poop is on fire. We don't need no toilet paper. <laughs> Let your butthole burn. Burn, burn motherfucker. motherfucker. Burn. Burn. <laughs> Hello, my name is Marzi Poppin. I gotta take a big shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we, not older school, but middle school. You know, school. we, we should change formats. We should just do a fucking music podcast. This isn't working out. Right, dude. We need to once. <laughs> let's do it once a month. Once a I'm month, holding, we get together and talk music, man. Holding in all my poops until I get back to that bidet. All my poops. <laughs> all my poops. All, all, my my poops. <laughs> all, all of my poops. I was thinking about um, uh, was it the Beatles song right? All my. Oh boy! No, uh, Elvis, right? What am I thinking? All my love, all my kisses. Oh, that's Buddy Holly. Buddy, okay, oh, Buddy Holly. Holly. All my poopies. <laughs> Can't drink a fan and fall out my booty. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'll tell you, If we did a music podcast, it would just be fucking spoof songs the whole fucking time. No, I think we'd have some great conversations. We've had some like really great friend, music Our friend Tiny summed it up. For years, you never knew if your asshole was cool. <laughs> <laughs> use, wipe, use wipes, man. Now you know. Because you, you got to use tell, wipes. Had, usually after a day or two, the rash lets you know it's not clean. <laughs> the rash? Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, if you don't fucking clean your butthole. Ugh. Get well, a rash up in that shit. I mean, well, as a baby, they had to do that. That's why you're. That's why they had. I, I mean, that's the advice I give to people on the show, right? <laughs> For Christ's sake, right. clean your butthole. <laughs> oh, close your butthole. <laughs> that's going to be my new thing. Clean, clean your butthole. That's. Get a bidet here because all the metachlorines in the water. You squirt, you squirt metachlorines up your butt. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the force any way I can. Just fire this fucking mini right up. I'm gonna dip my balls in the bidet. 
I'll dip my balls in it. Do you accidentally do that, Mars? So you get a little splash damage? No, well, there's like a there's different buttons you push, and it shows <laughs> when you. You ever press the wrong one? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You're not you ain't no fuck up. You know what you're doing. I became like the rogue squadron leader of that thing. <laughs> rogue squadron leader. Red sphincter checking by. Red sphincter. <laughs> Red sphincter standing. You're no longer purple narcolepsy, dude. You're, you're fucking. Well, he was blue narcolepsy, but now he's. Blue narcolepsy, sorry. Uh, you're no longer blue narcolepsy. You're Red sphincter standing by. It is. It is the best thing. Sphincter standing by. Red, red sphincter. Uh, I'm getting flashback damage. Pull up. Pull up. You can't, you can't help me back there. <laughs> Red sphincter hovering, hovering above the bidet. And his flight suit is brown. Looks like a UPS delivery driver. Not good. <laughs> no, no, not good at all. <laughs> this is not good. By the time I show up there again, it's going to be like like D-Day. What? What if the uh, <laughs> That's my I need that as a biography Midnight title. at the bidet Do you like getting water shot at your <laughs> At the local bidet <laughs> This like is fucked up This is fucked up all of a sudden, the bidet goes headwire, haywire. So and the uh, toilet seat is warm. It's really the greatest thing. DT <laughs> day at the bidet oh, turns into God. saving, saving Ryan. I like that bidet more than Star Wars. <laughs> more than Star Wars? What the fuck? Do you like that it bidet nice more than holding hands? When that bidet mm, juice gets right of, up yeah. there, it gets all the cracks. Well, and Mars, can you can you hold hands while using the bidet? Is that possible, or do you need two hands? Yeah, yeah if you have like a like a bicycle built for two, so you stack each other up on top of each other and fucking go in whole hog. Yeah, one of those one of those things that I don't know what they do that are like that. <laughs> you share the you share the stream. No, cross the stream, dude. No, you can share it. You can share it, but don't cross it. Everybody gets their own stream. No. <laughs> yeah, you get a soda stream, and you get a soda stream. You get an asshole stream. You get an asshole. Yeah, don't mix up your bidet with your soda stream. I think bubbles up the keister might be bad. Might be bad. Speaking of rashes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All my pustules are internal. It's fine. <laughs> Did you slip something at all of our fucking drinks? I bet you a good tonic. A good what? She puts some Coca Cola in there. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, that would be bad. It's 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 like syrup, dude. So it like seal you shut, man. No, no, no. Syrup. You'd look. You'd look like one of those fucking uh, homemade fucking over over polished fucking no. wood coffee tables. So you, hit, you hit the moxie button. Seventy six. You, you go to so you hit the moxie button. It's the picture of the guy with the thumbs up, and it sprays the moxie on your shitty ass. And then you want at the warm water button. <laughs> God damn it. 
Rocky, I'll get take care of it in the United States and you take care of it in uh, Canada, but we really got to copyright the, uh, make it a trademark on the soda enema. The soda enema. Soda enema. Yeah. Uh, no, that's wrong, we man. Fake, we'll have a fake M&M as our pitch guy. Fake M&M. <laughs> I thought you meant like the candy. Like, where's the candy go? You've got to clean yourself with the soda. It's soda. You got Yoda. <laughs> Gotta let it go. Use the moxie to clean out your ass. Oh, yo, the moxie. <laughs> That's fucking going on right now. I don't dude. even know. I don't even know. His banana fresh is better than his whole coconut impression. I can give him that. That was my whole coconut impression. <laughs> well, everybody, nub nub. You can't just you can't oh, just invoke that. <sighs> Uh, All right. Well, let me oh, finish. He, let me finish. He just comes and drops a tactical nuke, and is like, "Well, it's cool. I'll see you guys later." <laughs> uh, okay. This is a, just a report or a rumor, or I don't know. It's a report What's to maybe one? dispute a rumor. Rumor. <laughs> Daisy Ridley Star Wars movie is not titled Episode Ten. I would imagine not. It's Who not. thought that? Yeah, there was a rumor going around that said it. So who fucking cares? Just whatever. Just when it comes out, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Until I know more about it, it's a fucking what if at this point. So until I see some production happening. What the fuck? Respawn Star Wars first person shooter is canceled. What the fuck? Huh? Uh, it says earlier this month, it was reported that the that a game was still going ahead after losing its creative director and would be centered around a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Unfortunately, that is no longer the case. Respawn's first-person shooter was originally announced back in 2022. Um, I, I don't want to talk about the game industry fucking layoffs. That's the last thing I want to talk about on this show right now. Um, let's see. EA Entertainment President Laura Miele shared a note with staff members about the canceled games, explaining the decision to focus on existing franchises. And uh, goes on to say, it's always hard to walk away from a project. And this decision is not a... You know what? I hate this. I'm not going to read this. I hate this. So no obscure stuff like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We got to focus on proven projects. You throw... You slap fucking Star Wars on a game and you will sell millions. Like... You know, I don't think Period. it's them. I, I have a theory. I think Disney is broke. This isn't Disney, though. This is this is this is uh, EA. I think it tri- trickles back to Disney somehow. That's why they're letting fucking all these Mickey Killer Mickey Mouse movies happen. <laughs> they're well, not letting that happen. They, the, it's it's creative. Uh, it's um, the trademark wore out or uh, ran out. I should say. Yeah. But- all they would have to do is do what they do every other time is unfreeze Disney. He like fucks some shit up and then everything is left alone. Nah, they couldn't, they can't do anything. It's public domain. How long till style? Why don't we make our own Disney movie? <laughs> we <laughs> wait, if we wait about 40 years. I think we can probably, uh, probably make our own Star Wars movie. Actually, I don't even know how that shit works. Like, uh, I'm not sure. Because we're talking like 
they bought in a lot of those cases, not Mickey Mouse per se, but like existing copyrights of literary things that are running out now. So like, you know, some of that stuff's hundreds of years. Old. Yeah. Well, there was a period in time where um, companies were allowed to, you know, if they own the catalog to something, there became a whole moment in time where fuckers were paying fuckers off to extend them past it used to be right, uh, right. years used to be at a hundred years. Anything becomes public. So hundred, I thought it was less or, than that. It might be 80. There's 70 something. There's a thing with, um, with Peter Pan, even though that that supposedly slipped into the public domain that, um, some part of it, is owned by like a children's hospital via like something the writer set up. That's why the bad guy in fables was supposed to be Peter Pan and he wasn't able to do it. Hmm. Uh, Let's see. So here's, okay, here's, this might be the thing. Works are in the public domain if they are not covered by the intellectual property right known as copyright or if the intellectual property rights to the works have expired. Works automatically enter the public domain when their copyright has expired. Uh, The United States Copyright Office is a federal agency tasked with maintaining copyright records, blah, blah, blah. All works first published or released in the U.S. before January 1st, 1929 have lost their copyright protection 95 years later, effective January 1st, 2024. So that was when the Mickey thing happened. Because Mickey was created before well, 1929. The technically is Steamboat Willie. Mickey yes. Mouse. Well, yes. You're right. Yeah. Um, in the same manner, works published in 1929 will enter the public domain as of January 1st, 2025, and the cycle will repeat until works published in 1977 enter the public domain on January 1st, 2073. So does that mean Star Wars? Yes. At, at, at 2077, it will be 100 years. 2073. It's it's uh, 95 years. 95 years. So yeah. it says works of corporate authorship will continue to adhere to the 95-year term following the 2073 date. Under current copyright law beginning in 2049, 1978, and beyond works by creators who died seven decades earlier will expire each year. For example, if a creator were to die in 2002, their work's copyright would last through the end of 2072 and enter the public domain on January 1st, 2073. So it's 70 years after um, the creator dies. So that's where we were both right, actually. I thought it was 70 years, and you had said close to 100 or 90-something. So yeah, so we're both kind of right, depending on the situation. Right. So so yes, Mars, if we can stick around to 2070... Three, so we can make our Star Wars. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start planning it now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, yeah. So that sucks. Um, apparently, we're not getting a fucking Mandalorian game because you know that wouldn't sell. That would be really bad for business if that ever got released. It's fucking stupid. Fucks. There, there, yeah. Everything like the like I don't know like. They're not even pretending that the video game market is doing bad. They're just acting. It's like the, the best it's game. ever been. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. All right. It's like, oh, let's fucking pump the brakes and sink the ships on everything. Yeah. 
All right. More. Well, that's it for news. I will say. I will say this. I wish some prices would fucking get a little more reasonable for fucking video games. That's what I agree. Me they a do. Lot. They do get like they do get cheaper faster. I feel like they do, and that's why a lot of the titles that I look forward to because a I prefer them to be have all their bullshit fixed because everything that launches these days has bullshit. So fucking i can wait a few months for that to level out and usually it starts being a price dip a lot earlier than they used to be i still so. can't get a playstation 5 though so oh there no you can get them i mean oh, i can get them i'm broke oh <laughs> i thought you were saying that i thought you meant that you still couldn't find one okay i got you well technically we can still get you one how yeah. fast can you run yeah being, being self-employed uh you know i'm i'm making money but i'm not making pay playstation 5 money <laughs> yeah I'm making rich crack to be able to put money in a car, gas in a car now. Nobody's really making PlayStation 5 money at this <laughs> point in time. It gets tough everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for news. Good. All right. Got any, uh, any questions? Any burning questions, Rock? Burning. Questions. Yes. Burning questions. Anything you, you, you got to know. Well, <laughs> I love when it starts with well, 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 um, well, let me tell you, well, how many jelly beans can you shove up your ass <laughs> and I'll fish them out with my dentures. <laughs> Would you like to let me taste some of that candy out your butt? Yub, yub, nub, nub, yub, nub, I have yub. some of that candy in your butt and you're just going to candy. Candy in the butt, butt, candy in the candy. butt. Remember, kids, don't eat the butt candy. <laughs> I know what boys want. I know what boys need. I, I, I know what young adolescents want. Oh, God, why did I say that? Why did I say that? I was thinking of all my... Miles knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> fucking... Come over here Flap my penis like a jelly roll. <laughs> and just, it's so good. It's so good. Mars, sometimes your mouth is like a warm cradle of... Sometimes you know, your mouth is like a warm cradle. <laughs> sometimes your mouth is like a warm cradle of fucking existence. And sometimes... It's like, <laughs> it's like a warm cradle of filth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a warm cradle of filth. It's just so full of stuff. It's chock. You know what I like best about your mouth when it's chock full of nuts? <laughs> Mars, you can say it. Say it again. Nub, 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 nub. I want to come here. Oh, I played come the on. intro. Shit. I want to start all over again. I'm going to drag I'm gonna drag my balls across your face like I'm plowing the field. I'm like I'm plowing the field. <laughs> it's like a garden weasel. It's <laughs> crazy. Drift. Drenching up your lips. Somebody fucking shut this guy I'm, up. I'm gonna plant my seed in your fertile earth. Oh god! All right, that's gonna fucking do it. That's it. Oh god! Bad batch uh, episode five next week. Come back, join us. Send us a voice message. Force and sense of gmail dot com. And uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm I'm not sorry for this week. <laughs> so see ya. <laughs> Say bye, everybody. Cross here, <laughs> when did that happen? You don't remember? Jesus we just did a whole fucking thing about it. 
Dude, this edible kicked in like Don't an hour ago. Don't drop a box.